Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retory Doctor Separate Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorfening and Inebriar Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Browns Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host, Nintendo, and with me, as always, are my not mutated, uh, Turly uh, teenage cohorts. We're none of them. Sorry, that, that that was terrible. I apologize. Eight <laughs> bit alchemy. Hey, Joey, you want to screw that up any harder? I can still hear out of this ear. Uh, I don't think I can screw that up any more than I already did. Eight bit. Uh, uh, oh my god, I'm fucking up already. I'm just getting started. All right, All right. Uh, just, just... No, 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 we're gonna keep going. We'll keep going. Okay. Paris, Paris, go ninja, go ninja, go! I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, just keep on going, ninja. Just keep going. Just keep going. Um. So yeah. So uh, this episode we we are uh. So it's a little special episode, as we as we mentioned earlier, uh, in the season that um I'm leaving the show, and uh so. Which is really sad. It's really it's it's pretty sad. You know, it's been five awesome years doing this yeah. show with everyone, and uh, it's been a blast. But we're going to talk about Ninja Turtles because it's been five years, and not once have we ever done a fucking episode of the Ninja Turtles. Like how how, weird how, how did we not do this? We're just trying to avoid the obvious too much. The, yeah, I know right? we did it. We we, we did, avoided we it too well. That's yeah. problem. <laughs> we, we we went we went so far left. I mean, we, I mean, we right. mentioned. I mean, we mentioned like the games and stuff. Yeah, we've, uh, like, yeah we we've never like actually covered that. specifically Ninja Turtles. Right, right. Um. So yeah. Uh. On that note, uh, we have our or the future host of Retro Octopus, and uh, we have Justin Cooper Woo! with us tonight. Welcome yeah. aboard, sir. Yes. Great to be here. I hey, Coop. To, I have to say, uh, for no, it, it's it's an honor for you to take over for me because <laughs> you were you were my, my first choice. And uh I'm glad that the guys had already spoken to you before I even said anything. So I, I 
It's like they know me or something. Aww, <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> they got my letters and emails and carrier pigeons <laughs> and drafts. And I, I would like to point out to the listeners if they go all the way back, technically, I was the first guest. It wasn't an actual guest appearance, but it was a recorded <laughs> appearance. So that's true. That's true. Technically, the writing's been on the wall the whole time. <laughs> I knew all I had to do was wait and be patient. What did you say? Yes. I don't um, remember. The uh, Dark Crystal episode. Episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was, was that really? Yeah. That was the was first that, season. Was that really before Patsy and Ashes came on? Yeah, yeah. I was. I was the first one. Um, I think. I think I sent you something else in maybe like okay. a Weird Al episode or something. Yeah, because Patsy but... and Ashes were on like the the girl power. Yeah, that was yes. still season one, but yeah, I, it was. I just didn't you know, remember. Let's wow. review the tape. Let's go to the video <laughs> tape. <laughs> the video yeah, I remember. No one's going to see but us. <laughs> the video I tape remember. we don't even have. <laughs> uh, it's Joe Theismann's leg. Whoa. <laughs> it's Joe Legman's thighs. <laughs> I do remember that uh, more than anyone, uh, Coop, you were you were really like the one who was asking if we were able to do guests yet. Like a lot. You kept asking. And we just, at that particular moment, like the first the first couple of years we were recording all in a studio yeah in person and yeah. in person so like if you go back and listen to those first couple of years i still think that they sound best cuz we were we were just we had better technology we were just not we we're cutting out the internet but yeah. when we you know moved to do streaming it's always record, better when you can cut out the internet it is <laughs> yeah, it basically is. yeah the less internet the better especially when you have crappy internet like i do uh, but I mean, the, uh, the, the like fact of the matter is something? we, yeah. in, in 2020, we just had to go remote and that's just all there was to it. And it, it forced us to learn how to do it and forced us to do things differently. And, and, you know, there, there are downsides, but like we get to have so many cool people on. Um, and that's where, you know, we really got to do yeah. the brig and, uh, do all these interviews that we've gotten to do in the last bunch of years and talk to some of our like heroes and, and, you know, it's, it's been really, really fun, but also have our friends like you on and, and, uh, lots of other people who are just really passionate about a certain thing. And I do remember you were like, specifically dark crystal was, right. was you're, you're like, Oh, can I, can Which I, just super cool. It? Yeah. Cause you yeah, care so awesome. much to do it. It's like, Oh yeah. 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 yeah it's right. super fun. Guys, I yeah. have so many statues and like Funko Pops and like autographs and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, you're you're you don't <laughs> need to prove us your geek credential. We already know. Oh like, yeah, yes. But, so but Justin, do you just have the Dark Crystal soundtrack on vinyl? <laughs> Not yet. I, does that exist? So... Yes, I have it. Oh wow, I Is have it... it from the '80s. No, I I think I have like the Tangerine Dream from the from Legend or something. But yes, I that, you know? Tangerine still, Dream, so good, yeah. so good, yeah, very good. I'm like, can I have half credit? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, right. you can always take partial credit. We always accept it. Um, no, Justin, you just need your you need your wife's aunt to just find the soundtrack to the Dark Crystal at a yard sale for free, and then oh, you'll also have it. Eight bit. That's I, not the that's only way someone can get it. No, that's the there way. There are get other it, ways. Like that's the best way to get it. <laughs> well, <for> yeah. Sure. <laughs> so that is the best you know, way. I'm, I, I'm just saying, like, you like you know. <clears throat> I mean, I, I do have the Fraggle Rock uh, record uh, that I did get from my mother-in-law for christmas and it was like that's that's kind of cool so that's that pretty cool, cool. Nice. that's pretty cool nice. Nice. i like cool things but yeah. you have been our buddy for a long time and definitely one of our best online friends that we've made and uh it was just very clear that 
you uh, honestly there 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 was a short list um you know i don't i don't want anybody listening to to think that you know they weren't considered i mean we we had it we had a short list of some really great people um and uh you just happened to be at the top of that list so it was really cool that that uh you said yeah and uh yeah and we're excited to have you join the permanent crew for mm-hmm. season six so that'll be Absolutely. starting in january and joe will officially uh, be on two more episodes after this one. Um, this is just yeah. the the last one that you're actually running. Running and hosting. it's it's hosting. yeah that you're hosting and it's it's just so perfect that we didn't somehow do Ninja Turtles and it gets to be your your final thing because it's something that you are super passionate about and we are all super passionate about. But also Justin Cooper, I mean, you are the host of the the Epic Tales from the Tales Sewers from the podcast, story, yeah. which we always play a promo for. And you're in the ep- you run the Epic Shells group on Facebook, and uh, yeah, you are the turtle guy. So this could be perfect. He's you more like passionate turtles. about turtles than the three of us combined. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not a contest, you know. <laughs> so it's like you can, you can like what you, what you like, and all that, you know. It's just like what, what I get like really excited about. It's like, oh, the collecting, the, the lore, like learning all about this stuff. And now it's like getting to the point where I'm 42 and Turtles is turning 40 next year. It's like, oh, I met, uh, I met Kevin Eastman in person this year, and I met mm. Steve Levine, and I, I hosted a panel at Granite State, and we're going back next year, and we're going to do it again. It's like all that kind of stuff, like pe- peeking kind of behind the veil on this stuff, and you know, it's like like that's the stuff that's like really exciting now. It's like oh, and uh, really like getting like fan projects out there. There's so many great fan projects, and just mm. like encouraging those folks. So yeah, like um, I loved that fan last Ronin uh trailer oh, that so was put out it was like so oh, freaking yeah. good all CG. i'm actually sending him a t-shirt uh and uh something like in a week out to sweden so oh wow nice. Damn, nice. well if you're gonna do granite state next year i mean that's only an hour from us and yeah. there's no reason that retro Redoctopus proper should not be there hell yeah uh, i think we can yeah. definitely make that happen you know it's it's funny you know you talked about uh kevin eastman and you know i was just looking i have a sign peter laird and uh, it was a sketch that I got at a con, and it is it is just insane how much time truly passes, and it to me feels like <clears throat> that day I was talking to Eight Bit about this because he was there, and I that is true. I we were at Wizard World Boston. Uh, our dad took us, and it was almost twenty years ago. Wow, I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, it was two thousand five. Uh, and I know that because he's, he, he dated it. He dated the freaking sketch. So, you know, I mean, he, it's, well, he's you, just, you've met it's the man. Insane. Was that the same time that, that you got me that frame? Post yeah. The, yep. So okay. I got you yeah. and that was by that guy, Paul, what the hell who, who's a, who's a classic <laughs> turtle illustrator, Justin, uh, he used to do a lot of promo stuff. Uh, and he did all the uh, all the artwork, all the like key artwork that we saw for the 2003 series too. His name's Paul something. I think it's Paul with a K, maybe. Um, for that, there's no K in Paul. I no. actually <laughs> I, just got, I just got this today. So this is the uh, the portfolio from Mirage Studios. Like, okay, I had just ordered it, so I don't see a Paul mm-hmm. on there. But I mean, you got 
Ryan Brown, Michael Dooney, Eastman Laird, Steve Levine, who did a ton of stuff. You uh, know what? Honestly, long- I think it's I think I'm fucking stupid. I think it's Michael Dooney. I think that's who I'm thinking oh, of. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's that's what's on my, on my wall, guys. He's my all time favorite, so um, I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> so I, I I I don't know if you can tell, Joe, if you can see the uh the signature if it looks like is is it an M? Is it because I, I do think it was that yeah that was that same day though he was right next to Peter Lee yeah it looks like an M oh yeah, yeah so it's, it's kind of like a turtle's head and an M <clears throat> yes I mean I, yes. Take, I take the picture down and show you guys but it's like that's no, okay yeah I don't need so. it's not gonna <laughs> it makes for great podcast listening you know, know this visual that no one yeah our listeners would love to see this oh, all right yeah. so oh, let's, if they let's can't, never mind. <laughs> So let's let's get to it. So we're gonna do Ninja Turtles, but not just Ninja Turtles. What are we just doing that. tonight, Joe? So well, we're just we're we're not gonna just like we're not gonna talk about the the cartoons or the toys or anything, but we're gonna talk about the movies yes. because we've never spoken about the movies at all on the show, and uh, and plus it's it's just easier than to concentrate on. Yeah, we can each pick one. There's enough. Pick one exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. Enough for the movies everyone. were what I grew up with. So yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, and uh, I feel like no, we don't really need uh, some kind of introduction to the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I mean, I can give like a, a, a short little bio on it. And if it's Justin, up to you. I think it's a Justin, such a known quantity Justin, if, that yeah. I mean, Justin, if you want to chime in at any yeah. time. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I'll, I'll I'll go through kind of what we do on our show. It's like everybody knows the origin and stuff like that. There's different right. origins, you know, and and there's things like that. So it's like whatever you go and whatever you find, it's going to be different. My question to usually my guests is, what attracted you to the Ninja Turtles? Like, what made you, like, not like okay, this is cool, but what's like, oh, they got me hooked. Like, was there a right. singular piece of that that really like, oh, I saw this cover and they were riding on the back of a giant sea turtle and I was hooked. But that's what it was <laughs> yeah. for me. You know? Yeah. Like, what what about something like that? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Why not? Um. Yeah. Sure. That. Well, we can start with with a with a question. Okay. Joe, yeah, what, what, that, what, what do you the, say? That's, that's actually a really, really fun question. Uh, um, so honestly, I I only got into the Ninja Turtles because of Parasite Steve, because he was like, you know, he had the action figures. He was like super huge into it. And then I just got into it. I never had the toys um, because I was always at Steve's house anyway. So I was <laughs> with him there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um so uh what what but what really really got me into it was the original the first season of the original cartoon because mm-hmm. that i thought that was just so amazing it was so much fun and and honestly those action figures were just awesome <laughs> they're just i just loved posing them i just it was just awesome. I loved it. And no, I, I have, um, I believe I have the, not the original. I, I have uh, issue one of the Ninja Turtles, but it's not the original one. Um, and I just like the story. I loved how dark it was. And, I mean, after being, you no, know, after watching the cartoon and then, and then reading the comic, it's like, it's so different. And so much darker compared to the, the cartoon. So uh, I, I honestly, I didn't know that the, that comic book came out before the cartoon. Hmm. So 
don't know. I just <laughs> I just love that comic. I loved how dark it was and how serious it was. And I just wish the cartoon was more like that, but you know, whatever. But uh right. yeah, I just loved it. And I, I I just just the just the imagination of Eastman and Laird uh just creating turtles. Right, of so all animals, right? Like small animals, like, why does this more work? humanoid, and and they're ninjas. Yeah, that is they're like the least bizarre. like like you think like oh we're gonna start with a fierce animal. These are gonna be like wolves or tigers or right. so, and it's like mm-hmm. no, they specifically picked animals that unassuming didn't make any turtles. Sense. Yeah, right. and it it made. Oh, they're it known so for awesome. defense. You know, they're the tanks of the world. You know, and. uh they they get attacked and they can you know um, defend themselves tank. with their carapace <laughs> and such. Yeah. yeah, so true. Yeah, so it, it was just so so interesting. Yeah, for me, so, so interesting. I'm very... surprised you didn't say the video games because uh, you know I I remember when that first came out and that oh, NES those came game. later. We were yeah, dying. Oh, okay, so this was before. Oh, yeah. Man, so we that, were... that was that was before that that first Ninja Turtle game. Yeah. The, oh wow. The, the yeah, we were dying for. Um, it. But, oh, yeah, we were God. dying for, and it just wasn't what we hoped for. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we did have better games later on. Yeah, um, definitely did. Yeah. So that's what. Um. So be. I I have much like Joe. I got into Ninja Turtles because of myself. <laughs> weird but how did you find out about it to tell yourself about it? random just saw it on tv i <clears throat> i had never even heard of it before it wasn't like it had been around very long and i saw it was the the first episode where they mutate bebop and rocksteady and i at first i didn't know what to think about it and uh you know what's really funny is I distinctly remember thinking, oh, there's a lot of snorks in this show. <laughs> uh, <snork>. Sure. <laughs> um, and, and, and then that just stopped being a thing. I stopped thinking of those actors as from the snorks. They were Ninja Turtles now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've always been into, you know, the, the action adventure type shows, as I have said endlessly on the show. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was pretty neat. And then I saw the figures in the stores and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I saw this show like this is this is neat. They have these figures, too. And um, and yeah, I mean, I think that when I bought that first Ninja Turtle figure, which I'm sure must have been Leonardo because he was my favorite from the word go. Um, go. I'm sure sh- I'm sure like, uh, you know, it must have been him that I got first. And and it just was like I was hooked. I had to keep buying more. And at the time, the the figures were only five dollars, um, right. so it wasn't like a big investment. It's not like today, you know, we're spending forty dollars to start for NECA figures. You know, these are five bucks. Did you get it and, at Caldor or Bradley's? Oh, honestly, straight up, I bet it was Kmart or Kmart. But, okay. All right, uh, I would yeah. I would say it's probably Kmart or maybe the Fair, which was a, a chain oh, similar fair. chain oh, store geez. we had here. The Fair, <clears throat> the Fair. Um, but like Joe said, I then discovered the much darker comic books and there was a few comic book stores that I knew of. one in particular always had a bunch of back issues of the, the original show. I mean, the original, the, like the dark Eastman and Laird stuff, the Mirage stuff. And, um, 
it was hard to find though. So I ended up getting into the Archie comics, which obviously Cooper, you're a big fan of. And I set you all yeah, my you, old digital Archies like years ago. And um, yeah, I mean, I got those, I got into those primarily because I could find them easier and it was more turtles. I just wanted more turtles, but I was fascinated, fascinated with the much more violent, dark uh, comics. And mm-hmm. they quickly became my favorite version of the turtles and they've always stayed that way. Um, you know, I, I prefer the turtles with all red bandanas. I like them, you know, darker. I, I want, I want Leo to cut off the shredder's head and have it be canon. Um, Mm-hmm. And so I, I I posted I posted this uh, cover l- earlier in the week. I've been I've been posting like various Ninja Turtle stuff all week, and it's um it is uh, an issue drawn by Richard Corbin, and I just clicked on it, and my internet just took a crap, so it won't actually load the freaking picture. Which Fine, is really cool. See, less internet, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so I, I don't actually remember the number. Uh, that's why I was clicking on it. Um, so this was Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, it doesn't even say, but it's uh, it, it was a pretty early issue. I think it was in the 30s or something like that, but it was the first uh, instance of the Turtles time traveling, and it was uh, called The Turtles Take Time. And they went on this crazy time adventure. And it's just amazing all the time traveling turtle stuff that happened after. And yeah, it was really. all started in this one issue. And it's not even like the, you know, I think, I think what really set it off was the second arcade game being Turtles in Time. <laughs> and uh, if you look at the cover of this with the Richard Corbin art, and you look at the really weird way that he, um, he painted the turtles. They look very unique. Uh, And if you look at them and then look at the artwork on the second arcade game, they had made these costumes and I swear to God, they are looking at this cover and that's what they made the costumes. They got their inspiration from. It's crazy. I mean, like, so like they definitely saw this issue at Konami and they were like, okay, let's do an entire sequel game where they, every level is a different time period which is just a great idea so um, yeah. but like you know it, it all started with this so it's just it's just such a neat thing that you know a lot of it goes back to the original but yeah so i i love it all i you know i love it all to a point uh you know some of the more recent iterations i realize just are not for me but right. um you know turtles are always going to be one of my biggest fandoms uh they mean a lot to me so yeah Love them a lot, but definitely the the cartoon is where I started for sure. Yeah. What about you, Coop? Uh, just to piggyback off what you were saying before I dive into my deep dive there, but um, it goes back to issue number eight where um of Mirage where they had a Cerberus crossover, right? Mm. So it was uh, Cerberus, and that's where you had Renette and you had uh, Savanti Romero and all that, and they redid that whole issue as a cartoon in the uh, 2003 series. They but sure that's did. like the first time that they went for time travel, which was pretty cool. So so it goes even further back. That's crazy. It's like, yeah, the eighth issue, and they're doing this. Oh, wow. Stuff. Wow. So yeah. so it's even further back than this one issue. Wow, geez. And that's, well, that's you the know, only one they don't have the rights to reprint, too. So Really? Uh, yeah, because gave them and uh, and Cerberus. That's they don't have the rights to the character. Oh yeah, it's wow. kind of crazy. Uh, you want to know about me? You want to know what I like? Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I I just remember that Turtles was the perfect transition from 
He-Man into the next thing. And I just, I went, because I loved Masters of the Universe and all that, and Transformers and G.I. Joe and all that kind of stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, this stuff's cool. But then when I saw Ninja Turtles, it was like an epiphany. You know, it was like like the first time you heard your favorite band or something, you see it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I, yeah. I happen to be there on that day, that fateful November day or whatever it was in 1987 when the, the cartoon show comes on. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. Let me let me check this out. But I'm playing yeah. it cool because I don't want them to know, you know, I'm going to be all about it. <laughs> and, and um, you know, oh, it's man. it's then you start like like seeing some stuff pop up. And I was always a comic book fan going to uh, get some comics at the store. And I see I'm like, wait a minute, they got comics of this thing now. So it was it was a time where, you know, you could get the Adventures comics at the same time it was on TV. And it was like, all right, this just does what what it is in the comics. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'll I'll get that and I'll, I'll go home and I'll get like a big sheet of paper and start drawing and make a giant Raphael and all that or, or Leo <laughs> fighting um, Baxter Stockman something. And, you know, it, it appealed to me that way for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I get the um, I got Leo, Donnie and Raph. And I didn't get a Mikey. And I was like, all right. A couple months later for my birthday, I got a, uh, a Michelangelo. So everybody was home. And and uh, my my Mikey came with two left feet, which is the, the crazy. <laughs> Still have it today. What? He's got two wow. left feet. You yeah. know, like if I had left it in there, it probably wouldn't have went worth like a mint because it's a soft head with two yeah, left feet. Seriously. So, so it's yeah, just, worth just a crazy. billion dollars now. But still, after all that, it's like, okay, I still like X-Men. I still like, you know, all this other stuff. But, like, what hooked me was that Avengers series. Because I, I loved all of it. But when you start getting to, like, issues... So that's six, that's the Archie comics that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. TMNT right. or Turtle Adventures, the Archie <laughs> Adventure, series. Right. When you start hitting Leatherhead in, like, issue five, issue six, something like mm-hmm. that. And then it goes into intergalactic wrestling. So yes. I, you guys can see this. I, I actually picked this up from the Ninja Toils, which is the turtles in their intergalactic uh, wrestling outfits. Oh, amazing! <laughs> it's a it's yeah. a, a pin and all that. Shout out to Ninja Toils, but um, like that kind of stuff where it's like, wait a minute, they're not doing this in the cartoon, and this is great. The art's amazing. The the writing's cool, and it just it just hooked me in, and I'm like, yes. that is my ultimate version like between that and i mean parasite steve and i have talked about the mighty mutanals ad nauseum you know it's like i love that that level of it and now if you read the comics they're they've incorporated most of the archie stuff into actual canon for the really? item series yeah like uh-huh. they, they got cherube they got cuddly the cowlick you've got um most of most of the pantheon of gods are are the uh, mighty mutanimals and um, I mean, they they're still missing a couple, but I mean, they had Maligna in there, like all this stuff. It's like, oh wow, Toka wow. and Razor are in there. Like when oh, when was that going to happen? You know, yeah. so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, right. But that's that's what hooked me, guys. Like I I love it, and the fact that I've been able to like talk to some of these guys, the guys that did this stuff, and be yeah. like, oh wow, like little did you know that you know I was waiting in the wings for you know the most important story when people are reading like death in the family batman and all that i'm like check it out ray flay found this little shrimp guy and they're in a bubble you know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like oh man ray flay was my fave dude yeah I yeah he's, he's cool he's cool he and, and you know it's and also like like the idea that you learn morality from the art that you intake on on some mm-hmm. level and it's like you do think about things like 
okay, did that influence my politics? Did that influence the way that I reacted to the world and such? And mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was like heavily leaning on environmentalism and like things like that. And it's like, well, that's something that's always been important to me. So maybe that's mm. why it clicked, or maybe that's something that clicked with me because of it. I don't know. Right. I feel like Jaguar was really the environmentalist character, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Jaguar, but also like the same thing. It's like Ray, Ray Flay or Man Ray, whatever you want to call him. Um, I mean, he was, he started right, out Ray as someone Man. investigating pollution that right. got, uh, you know, mutated because of it. Right. So it's in pretty much all the mutanimals and everything. So, but it was like, admittedly, Steve Murphy's like, yeah, I was just throwing a bunch of propaganda in there, you know, trying to see what sticks. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what happened. Right. <laughs> right. Neat. That's cool. Eight bit alchemy. What about yeah. you, sir? Oh yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, uh, people who listen to the show know, you know, Steve and I are brothers. So being the fact that I'm 12 years younger, I grew up in the '90s. So I mean, I you know just kind of came into the world with like bins full of turtles toys like in my yeah. life so yeah. i mean honestly i think the main the main things that really like put the turtles in my brain you know ever was definitely like all the various toys that you had steve um and i mean i i actually have like such distinct memories of playing with like the fugitoid and um and the color change ray fillet mm -hmm. and just like it, it, like i mean the turtles toys but like i really i just liked I, it wasn't so much that I was attributing them to like, oh, this is the turtles. I love the turtles. It was just like this whole array of interesting characters. And I just really like playing with those toys. Um, but, you know, beyond beyond that and the fun of that and like, you know, you showing me your favorite guys and whatnot. Um, it was definitely the movies, like the movies mm. that we're that we're like going to you know focus on. I, I, I truly <laughs> truly felt lucky that you wanted to focus on the movies because it's like ah oh, nice that's like my turtles like is the movies because they were coming out like kind of around that time and you know that i was growing up uh you know a bit before it and and whatnot but yeah those those movies were like really integral they were just what could watch them over and over again and they were yeah. so much fun and then the fact that there was like okay now you have the toys and the movies and all this other stuff. I really didn't see the cartoon show much at all. Um, and I I think, you know, I, I didn't really, I still haven't really read much of the comics per se. I've read The Last Ronin. Um, but yeah, I mean, comics haven't really ever been like my main focus as a nerd. But uh, yeah, the, the Turtles movies really just big time did it for me. And uh, actually, funny enough... Um, we also had the, I didn't watch it a lot, but we had the tape for the uh, coming out of their shells tour. <laughs> I have, we, I have it right here. <laughs> we, so like, we had the concert oh tape, God, yeah. like VHS, but also yes. the cassette tape. Yeah. So yes. it was oh. like any, any way I sliced it, like I could either listen to the concert or <laughs> watch the concert. And yeah. I mean, I didn't. So I didn't, many different ways to torture. Yourself. So many ways to torture oneself. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, song? Sing it for I mean, I, I mean, come flowers. on. It's, we all know. We all know yeah. it's skipping. It's not skipping. It's always gonna be skipping. Never stones, skipping. Right? I actually. So we we did a we did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles party uh, at our campground uh, this year. We had like a theme party, and I was playing all these different songs and whatnot. And I remember I. I think I texted you guys and I was like, dude, you're not going to believe it. I'm like blasting skipping stones. Like, because <laughs> it was just on, 
So I just had all the songs from the album going, and it just got to Skipping Stones, and it was like really fucking loud. You're like, yes, this is happening. This is the only time I forgot to delete this from the playlist. God damn it! Right, no one has blasted Skipping Stones until right now by accident. The only soundtrack for only time that that has ever happened. (laughs) I didn't have that. didn't have the soundtrack to the movie. I mean, that that was a that was another aspect to the movies. Like I I also you know like Joe am just super focused in on like music and shit. And the the soundtrack to the movies was so great. Like, I did have the tape really strong the first movies. Oh, oh yeah. I I didn't even I didn't even realize that. I, um, I I think you also had the soundtrack to the third one as well. With Tarzan, Maybe, I, the Jungle Boy one. Because I remember. Oh my god. Oh, okay. oh, that wasn't yeah. in that movie. Yeah, was it? So I, so I remember Tim was like apeshit over that song when, when he was little. I love Tarzan. I swear, I swear to God, like I, I remember, like um, uh, <laughs> when that song would end, Tim would throw like the biggest fucking fit. <laughs> what? Like, I don't even remember. Had, like, I mean, you're probably one. Yeah, remember right. this song? Like, he was all like dancing. He's like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" My damn. Dude, see, even as a yeah, kid, jungle light, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Into, into that <laughs> shit. I just, don't, I don't, I don't like silence. I know, I just, I just like fucking jams. I'm all about it. Right. But yeah, rock out. That that was definitely like that was the turtles for me. Uh, so I'm really yeah. excited that we can talk about the the movies and stuff. But yeah, the yeah. toys definitely were really special too. Uh, and honestly, that's probably one of the most fun things to like go to a. Uh, you know, like a toy vault or like some of these like retro toy store game store things is yeah, like seeing mm-hmm. like what old figures they have. And I'm like, I remember that one. I remember that one. Like they're all mm-hmm. like they were part yeah. of your collection because you had a ton. Like me with Power Rangers toys was you with like uh, yep. Turtles like this toys. Guy? Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I uh, so Coop's holding up the original 12 inch Bebop. I never had that, but I did have the Rocksteady that won with him. He's here too. Yeah. I had I had Rocksteady and Leonardo that, of uh, those those guys they were yeah. really cool yeah i uh i spent like my entire covid check on those so yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> boost the economy you're like mission accepted right. yeah <laughs> like it was either that or the lego voltron and i'm like yeah <laughs> food shelter they're like mm. action figures oh yeah, yeah right. we're gonna go with action 12 figures, inch okay? bebop, 12 inch oh, bebop. Yeah, so i'm a big action <laughs> the only pork i need is right here well <laughs> i pointed at the bebop yeah. well well all the power let me be your hog that's the only pig i need uh and everybody knows that the best song is actually Pizza Power. Pizza Power, yeah, which oh, I alluded that's to. That's the only good thing. Uh, that's a classic. It is a classic. flying As... fast food. Wait, no, what is it? Flying saucer food delight. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 It's growing up in a glass bowl with comedians mm-hmm. and tadpoles. Mm-hmm. Never enters your mind that there's something better than this. Let us leave for a carrot. Maybe a seed from a parrot. Baby, let me tell you the word gold majors don't exist. But pizza power. Flying saucer food Pizza power. Oh, that's what makes us feel all. All right, Blue. I like the headfield. Oh, yeah. I know like, none of that these songs. The the oh yeah, that was yeah. that was one. Well, the funny thing was, hey, that was the uh, hey, that was the, like the title screen music for Turtles in Time 
the with the lyrics and everything. They what? just used that song. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, insane. They, they, right. like they, they kind of like they trimmed it down. So yeah, it's like, it's only like thirty seconds of it, but yeah. it is that basically what I just sang. I know it so well because of the arcade because game. Of the I heard arcade, it. Yeah. A million can I, can I just pointed out that uh, I still like that song, having only heard it in that sense right there i still like that better than the entire album of saint anger oh yes that's Zing. completely, completely. Zing. Zing. I, I totally agree with that <laughs> i mean Honestly, i mean it was like, definitely like i should have just re- it should have just re-recorded coming out of their shells i know yeah, yeah. i mean seriously think about it I mean, at least the production didn't suck on coming out of their shells yeah, yeah. i mean the yeah. songs may have sucked but yeah I mean, stones may have been skipped, but the production values were not. <laughs> Some kind of mutant, maybe? <laughs> oh, right, right. That would freaking work. Oh, my God. I just, I, I just want to add um, uh, the Ninja Turtles were like pretty influential uh, for, for Parasite Steve and I because we, we actually made our own like mutant heroes. Yeah, based on different back in the day, back in the day, which was called Project Mutanimal. Right, I stole the name Mutanimal. Yeah, right. And uh, we each had our own character. Like my character Mm -hmm. was Mauser. No relation to the the robots from (laughs) from the Ninja Turtles. Um, But he was just it was or the uh, boss from Mario Brothers Two. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, did he have shades and throw bombs? No. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. No. Uh, so our our thing was uh, uh, Steve's character was the Flash, and he was like a mutant leopard. And then we had a a, a, a bird flame. Yeah, we, we yeah. had flame. He was like a dragon. Yeah. Bear in mind, we were like six, so obviously everything is going to be stolen be- from. There, not you know, everything you did your entire life was the coolest thing that. ever. No. <laughs> I didn't know you were six years old, Steve. <laughs> it's funny that you guys did that because right, right before all right, we were all that whatever, came out, 10 or something, I guess. Yeah, there was a, there was a role-playing game for that where that was yes. the point to do that, the Palladium game, which I remember that. is relevant because the Kickstarter's yeah, out. Yeah, they're bringing it. You can freaking support doing it. it. Yeah, yeah, doing it again. Yeah. So those are were good times. Steve even made a Mario Paint movies of those characters that we made. Yeah, yeah and it was, I mean, it was all just like, you know, just just creative stealing, stealing stuff and just kind of like, what do you love? And you change a little bit. And, and yeah. you know, I, I think I think a lot of kids start out by pretending, you know, to be the, the stuff that they, the characters they like from movies or shows or whatever like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we just took a yeah. one step, a little, little, little personalized it a little bit, but pretty yeah. fun, pretty fun. But of course, we played yep. Ninja Turtles too, and you know, lots of stuff back in the day. But yeah. so when that first movie came out, holy butts. <laughs> that first yeah. Movie. <laughs> oh, could yeah. not. No I, I like could not have been more excited. I, I probably haven't been so excited since. Oh, right. Yeah, we all burned out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, all right. I guess I'll, I'll just start. Well, we can go in uh, chronological order. Um, OK, so I'll start off. So obviously we're not covering all the movies. We just movies. each just, picked one. Each picked one, yeah. Although I think I think somebody I, has a two for. I, yeah, I maybe picked two, but they'll be like you know. A, a I, can, I can I can Sam. I can at least chip in for one of them. Nice. Yeah, yeah I figure uh, everyone's chipping in for all of them a little. Yeah, so. I, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so... you can't say anything during this part. This Shut is my it! song. Shut it. This is God, my verse. Hello. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Um, actually, should should we save this for the the second half? Because we, we were talking for quite quite a bit about like no, our it's. Well, I, I mean, if you want to do the octoponder now, dude, it's your last episode. You do whatever you want. Okay, let, 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 let's do let's do the octoponder. Let's do the octoponder, and then that we will have more time to talk about our picks. Okay. And uh, yeah, okay. So, for today's octoponder, I asked very late in the day, and I apologize. <laughs> what is your favorite? TMNT crossover. So while you guys think about that, we'll go on a short break and we will give you our answers and I'll read your comments on our totally radical Facebook page. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and will, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, as I had asked before the commercial break, I asked you guys, what is your favorite TMNT crossover? So I'll start off, and I feel like this is pretty obvious, because this was the like one of the first ones that I I paid more attention to. I know this wasn't the very first ever crossover that's ever happened, but that has to be TMNT with the Money War from Power Rangers. I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, I, I, the first time I saw it was when 
the Ninja Turtles had their own live action show back in the day called The Next Mutation. And there was a crossover episode with Power Rangers. I don't remember I don't remember how it happens or what the premise was. I just re- remember catching an episode. This is a show that I did, did not like at all. Did not give a shit. But I saw Ninja Turtles with Power Rangers and I'm like, what the fuck? My life. <laughs> my life is so this full is, right now. My life is now complete. This is amazing. And I just <laughs> I just love the idea, and now years later, you no, know, they've you know created more stories based around this, and there's like a, a a new series coming out where the the turtles are like the actual uh, the 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 Rangers, but they're they I think they correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but they they kind of like turn into like whatever animal it is. Or it looks like the rangers are mutating into their dinosaurs. That's what I'm thinking. I knew it was something right. like that. And I just thought that was like the coolest, neatest thing. And That's I just fun. wish that was more of a canon thing with, with, uh, with power rangers. Because instead of just being in suits, they're like, whatever mm-hmm. their animal thing is, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Right. And I just thought that was just really interesting and hmm. really cool. Right. So, all right. Parasite Steve. Um, so my initial thought was that I had to go with this um this very important issue of comics, uh, because we're we're not asking for any specific medium here, right? So it's like whatever. Yeah, it's just whatever um, it is, yeah. So yeah, so there was a comic that came out in the nineties that was the Ninja Turtles crossed with the Savage Dragon from Image Comics and uh as drawn by Eric Larson and um yeah, I loved this so much. I thought it was the coolest damn thing and uh, whatever. And I was going to pick this and it's like, okay, I'll give it a shout out. I had a poster on my wall for a long time. It was a really cool, successful crossover that they did more later. Uh, there's at least two more. I know that they went back and did. But I cannot not mention, the. I think it must be the original Ninja Turtle crossover. It's possible I'm wrong. It's possible Cerberus happened first. But... Um, it's it's so intrinsic to the world of the Ninja Turtles that we, we, we think that they're one world and they're just not. Mm. And that's the Turtles with Usagi Ojimbo. Right, and right. Usagi Literally on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he's 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 not a Ninja Turtle character. He was his own comic. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the creators, you know, Eastman and Laird met and befriended the, the, the creator, Stan Sakai. And um, and somehow they they were like, oh, let's let's do this, whatever. I I'm not positive. And Justin, please correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I can tell, this is the first time that they ever appeared together. And I actually owned this comic. I still I should say I still own it. Um, It's not worth anything, which is so sad to me. This is like a five dollar comic Um, or. Uh, I mean, some people are on this this different site are saying more like seventy five, but I saw it on a different website and it was like f- literally five dollars they wanted. But anyway, Usagi Ojimbo number ten, August tenth, nineteen eighty eight. Um, it's Usagi and Leonardo. Yep. The rest of the turtles are not in this. It it really is like this bizarre crossover because, um. It doesn't really make any sense with the turtles. It's just sort of like he just plopped 
Leonardo into the Asagi world and didn't worry about it. He's like, I'm just going to do one turtle and I'm going to tell the story. And it's sort of like whatever was going on with Usagi, he sort of comes across this turtle and he's like, they end up having a fight and then he ends up sort of, you know, befriending him. And um, Leo is, is presented as this sort of wise character that knows more than Usagi does. And um, I don't know if he teaches him something. I can't really remember. It's been a long time since I've read this, but um it was technically a crossover, and I believe it was the first one. I could be wrong, but Usagi Ojimbo number 10. And uh, so, so long ago, Leonardo still has the red bandana, you know, the red mask. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's funny uh, about that. This is cool. what I picked up at last week. So this is, this is the, the last issue, I think, of the crossover that's currently going on right now. Teenage Mutant nice. Ninja Turtles, Usagi Ojimbo, Dogu. Um, which is the first time that all four turtles have crossed over with Usagi. So, oh. and, and I mean, it came out two weeks ago. That's issue Neat. five. Oh, wow. Very cool. Nice. Still relevant. And, and I mean, obviously Usagi was just added as a playable character in the DLC for Shredder's Revenge. And I mean, we all think of him as a Ninja Turtle character. You know, he was one of the that's figures. I, yeah, you had the toy. I always, him. I always thought right. he was a Ninja Turtle character. I didn't realize it was his own thing. It was just a crossover. He was, yeah, that's that's all it that's all it started as. And um, it's just interesting. And obviously the, the 2000, well, maybe not obviously, the 2003 cartoon um introduced usagi into the world at like i don't know season two or three or something like that well he was, he was in 87 cartoon as well so in so he's been so, in yeah all so he so yeah so he got to be in like one episode of the the old show when the 2003 show he got to be in it just the this one cameo i remember he was in this this cameo and we were like oh my god it was usagi for one second he didn't do anything he didn't say anything but we got him we weren't expecting more and then Later, they did this whole thing where all the turtles went to these separate dimensions and they had their own unique adventures by themselves, which was such a great thing to do with the Ninja Turtles. Let's get them away from the other brothers and let each one shine by themselves. And Leo's adventure was to go to Usagi's world. So he had his episodes were all in the world of Stan Sakai. They're all... Japanese animals living their best lives. And it's so neat because thinking back, like I had at the time forgotten about this issue that I mentioned. So it's like, honestly, a reference to that. Leo was the only turtle that made it to that world. Um, just like in Usagi Ojumbo number 10, only now there was an actual reason for him to actually be there. Yep. Um, so pretty neat. Um, anyway, right. Well, that's my answer. Awesome. Alchemy. Uh, yeah, so I mean, honestly, I didn't know of any crossovers throughout most of my time uh, with the Turtles, but uh, a few years ago, they included them, uh, NetherRealms included the Turtles in Injustice, uh, Injustice 2. Um, they were all playable characters in that game, and, you know, Injustice is a DC universe fighting game. Right. Uh, so you have like the people who made Mortal Kombat making a fighting game with DC characters and the turtles are in it. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? This is the coolest. And, uh, and they, random. I mean, so random. so random. And not only was it so random and, and just like, you know, exciting, but they were 
awesome. They were yeah. so like well realized. They played Perfect. great. They had yep. awesome like well thought out move sets. The turtles all felt different. They could like kind of buddy up with each other and like I don't know. It was like man, the amount of love that they put into these turtles being in this game was not just like a hey, let's make some money on some DLC over here. It was like, dude, this is seriously amazing. Like <laughs> these four characters are good enough to just be their own fighting game. Oh my god, like, totally. Could have just yeah. had a fighting game of just these four characters right. against other turtle guys, and you, no one would have even been mad. Yeah, it's like it Nether Realm. Like, so please good. do a freaking turtles tournament. R- do it come on do it dude right. oh my you God, also had hellboy in that too which is I like know. oh wait a minute yeah you know i don't think it's right. so hard yeah right i know oh there was God. like so much to love there but yeah i mean that yeah. crossover was just the coolest and i got to see you know see a lot of that and play some of that at uh at your house steve and uh yeah i don't know man that was like so fun i wish more things would yeah. do that if i could if i could throw a dream crossover out there i think it would have been just you know maybe a bit, bit obvious, but it would have been so kick-ass to have a beat-em-up with the Battletoads and the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Obviously, the Battletoads were inspired by the Ninja Turtles. It's no surprise. But I feel like people nowadays are like so cool about that kind of stuff. Like No one really cares. No one's keeping score. You got Sonic on Nintendo consoles, like right? No one cares. Uh, right. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. dude, make it happen. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, Just Ninja Turtles happen. X Battletoads. It'd be so sweet. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Koopa! There's there's so many honorable mentions. Um, one one thing uh, Parasite Steve was talking about was in the '80s, like some of the crazier ones. I don't know if anybody out there remembers the Viking heroes when they uh, crossed over. Yeah, it was such like a weird flash in the pan thing. But when I was so starved in the '80s and '90s for like turtles content, I'm like, well, I guess I'm buying this issue of the Viking heroes meets the turtles. They look super weird, and and <laughs> that design is kind of like what like seem to inspire the michael bay turtles so i was like oh i guess they're weird i don't know oh it's so (laughs) weird it's uh yeah i think i think charbonneau or something like that was the name of the uh, michael charbonneau or something like that was the name but that's not my favorite that's just an honorable mention one more honorable mention and i and um is uh something that just finished up was the stranger things one if you oh, yeah. like Stranger Things at all, so as a listener or anything, you like Stranger Things and you like Ninja Turtles, this is the most worthy crossover that you can like. do yourself a favor and just go read it. The art oh, is it. phenomenal. Pharaoh Pei, who was just on our show not too long ago, um, has an art style that is pulled directly from the early 80s turtles so it's the first design of turtles where they're big and like chonky and they got those beaks and tails and stuff like that it's that Mm -hmm. art and then you've got like the kids from stranger things and 11 baxter stockman and mausers and it's so cool i would say check it out issue five just came out or four whatever it is it's it's super cool check it out it's not my favorite but my favorite is so obvious to anyone that knows me. It's the Batman crossover, of course. Yeah. Of course. So it's like that's only when, because they haven't crossed over with Dark Crystal. No, they they haven't done that, <laughs> and, and I'm still holding out for that. You know, it just might be. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> like if Chamberlain. Put I, some whimper on my pizza. <laughs> Put some pants on. <laughs> Trial by stone? Yes. <laughs> like, Damn. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Damn. 
That's my version is the 2003. I don't do the Josh Pies. It's like, I lost the side, but I can get it back. You know, it's like, I don't do that. (laughs) But um, they they will be crossing over with Masters of the Universe for this toy line that's coming up. But, you know, which is pretty cool. But that, yeah, it's fun. That's a, you know, and what I love about that real quick is that like the chonkiness of the Masters of the Universe figures were similar to the chonkiness of the original turtle figures. So this is like not correcting that. It's yeah. like, no, we're going to make him as chonky as they want. Yeah, like, let's right. lead into this. And, and I mean, right. yeah, the same artist that's doing that did the uh, did the turtles in Batman crossover. So Freddie Williams, the second. So I got to meet him at Granite State. I, I had him on the show previously and I got to actually like meet him and sit down and talk with him and all that. But it's like that art to me was just like, Oh my God, my head's exploding. I can't believe this. Like, if you told me this happened and I was 10 years old, I would have exploded. I'd be like, oh my God, boom. You know, it's like, <laughs> it was it was just so crazy. And it's like, okay, Batman fights the Shredder. And in the comics, it's nothing, you know, but they made this huge deal about it in the animation where it's like, oh, what would happen? And it just became this huge, like, it, it's it's something that's so cool to watch. And it's a, it's a moment that has no... No speaking. It's just okay. It's Batman and Shredder. What do you think is going to happen? And then you're like, okay, this makes total sense. And all of it's just so cool. And I, I just bought the Omnibus, which was like a hundred bucks. So it's um, like this big three volume for Batman uh, meets the Turtles one, two, and three. And um, the second one's even cooler because it's all about Venom and Bane and Rachel Ghoul. And then the third one is all about okay. This is what happens when we merge the realities. So, you know, Leonardo is merged with uh, Nightwing and Raphael is merged with the Red Hood, which obviously makes sense. Perfect. You know? yeah. And, and like right. all that stuff. But then they bring in the original Turtles. You're like, what? What What kind of crisis on infinite Earth's nonsense is this? So it's just it's so good. I, I would I would highly recommend that. I can't wait till we get to that on the podcast. I, I've been waiting forever for that. So, but um, <laughs> we're we're going we're going by like I don't know. I guess I could just do it whenever I want, but I I don't know. <laughs> you you can. It feels it's like it's your gotta show. Be monumental. Oh, man, the, I, I can't wait to do the Ghostbusters one. You know, so I'm just like, oh, I gotta wait. Yeah, I tried to it find ha- that crossover to read like on a ebook or something, and uh, I I wasn't able to find it. I really want to read that. Uh, which one? But the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. It's uh, Ninja Turtles crossover. You can you can find it in one of these uh, volumes. It's in volume five of the hardcovers. So okay. the Turtles uh, collection by IDW uh, number five has number one in it, uh, uh, which is the crossover with Ghostbusters. It's amazing. It's so good. Written by Eric Burnham with art by Dan Showing. I mean, it's it's canon too, and it actually comes back later. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, that character that they did, they just brought him back. So mm. it's it's just so freaking good. Nice. Sick, dude. And uh, I see, like, I love that, like, the flexing you just got to do. You're like, this <laughs> random issue that you just mentioned, this random crossover. No, I know exactly where you could find it. Oh, God. I know who drew it. I know who wrote it. What else would you like to know, sir? I, I will not even take credit for that. That is literally, uh, if if any other dorketing uh, listeners out there know Drew Mallow, you know, mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. Drew Mallow was on my show. He is the biggest Ghostbusters fan that I know besides Steve McMahon. So those two guys are humongous. They came on the show to talk about Ghostbusters. They're like and, eight feet tall. Each. Oh, yeah. Like they're, and they're made of gold. So it's <laughs> humongous. Little known fact. So. <laughs> 
But uh, they, they came on the show, and that's kind of what we were talking about. And then we had the writer, Eric Burnham, on. So it's like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to get Drew for this. So mm. he, he gets credit. I know all of that because of him. Hmm. Nice. Well, there you go. There you go. See, great things happen at the Dorkening. <laughs> Indeed. That they do. That Check they out do. Splash Pages every Tuesday night on the Dorkening. <laughs> what was that was that was that peter griffin with helium oh i don't know i, th- I think of handy the hand puppet from the tick you know oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> homer the alien <laughs> read a book i just i just want to add uh one more crossover i'm not, I'm not saying it's my favorite that no one's no one's mentioned it, no one's mentioned it in uh, on the facebook page but uh this is fairly recent i think and that is the crossover with street fighter yeah have you been yeah have you been paying attention to that it's, right, it's surprisingly that. better that than it's it's surprisingly better than everybody thought it was going to be right i think i think uh there's a dlc for street fighter 6 where you can I think you can either play as the turtles, or, hmm. you or can I, I think them. I think it's maybe it's the it's just the costume. It's like you can get like the the bandana or whatever. I don't think it's you, like, you can play as the turtles. But the the thing that everybody was upset about was that they're you have to buy them separately really and they're all kind of expensive. Okay. So it's like yeah, it's like another fifty bucks or something if you want all three, all four of them or something. I yeah. Think yeah, it's, I think it's like fifteen bucks or something per turtle, and they all yeah, play the same. It was, it was very it, so. Expensive. It's like uh, okay, just wait a year or two, and it'll come out all at once. You know, I know they'll do the ultimate edition, <laughs> like the ultimate. Yeah, isn't, exactly. isn't there like a nude mode too? I think so. Yeah, so you could play oh. as a nude turtle. Oh yeah, well, I mean, who who doesn't want to see them? You know, sans belt and elbow pads. Yeah, you that like, turtle junk. Oh, so sexy. What's under that shell, boy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, now, well, be? you're taking the shell off. Well, that's their body. It's like, it's like that's my spine. <laughs> <laughs> that's not clothes. Yeah, taking off their shells to her. Okay. <laughs> taking off their pants to her. We have such <laughs> sights to show you. <laughs> <laughs> Pin Scientific. shell? What are you sh- doing here? Shredhead. Scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So those were our answers. And now we're going to read uh, some of your answers from our Facebook page. Uh, so we'll start off with our pal, Randy Carter. And we actually, uh, actually, Justin had just mentioned this very early on the episode. And that is Cer- service, Cerberus. Mm-hmm. TMNT number eight. Nice job, Randy. Uh, yeah. See, I did see I didn't even know until he, he said that, until he mentioned that. So that's that's really cool. Uh Santino Mencibo says, hands down, it's the TMNT cross MMPR crossover with the TMNT cross Batman crossover in close second. I don't know, but for me personally, the TMNT MMPR crossover was everything I wanted to see and about just everything I wanted it to be with actions, with actions, story, and banter between the two. I, I would just like to point out that you really can't downplay Santino Mancibo, you know, the primo Tino, uh, his <laughs> impact on this this world because the, the webpage uh, that we run, Epic Shells, would not exist without him. And without that, 
the podcast would not exist. So in a, in a weird way, he is the progenitor of all of these things, Turtle. So nice. the I life did not blood. know that. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, nice. you really can't downplay how important and integral he's been on like this journey that I'm on. So, wow. you know, shout out That's to awesome. uh, the Primo. Yeah, Nice. Yeah, we so love the Sandman. Yep. He's a helpful huge, guy. That's a huge shout out right there. For him. Oh, I don't care for him. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's I just need okay. him. He's just, just not to my him. taste. Person. I just no, need no. Him to the ideas. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Next up is Frank Ramirez, and this is one that I've never heard of. At least I don't recall. And that is Garfield meets the Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, oh, I'll post that. I'll post that. So yeah. that's that's a uh, that's a uh, what something yeah. that is that is a that's... classic Frank of. Uh, I'll post that in the group. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's. I it. mean, just yeah, think I of feel. it: lasagna x pizza. Yeah, it, I want to eat it. Yeah. I do like go. pepperoni in my lasagna. Me oh. too. That's good. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And last, and certainly <laughs> not least, we have Phil Conti that says the one I liked best actually was that cartoon arc that had the various versions of the animated turtles all join forces. The, uh, the early 2000s, plus the old ones from 89-ish and the black and white version. I think that was Turtles Forever? I it was. Yep. Was, was that it? Okay. It's technically so one of their movies, too. So Right, right. So that that's cool. I mean, I think that technically counts as a crossover, because you have different mm. eras of the Ninja They're Turtles. crossed over with themselves. Exactly, yo. Exactly. All Mr. right. So... Is that who that was? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for that. That was uh that was pretty cool. And for those who still want to participate, it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octoponder This, which is what is your favorite TMNT crossover? And you can reach us on our popular Facebook group, or you can always email us at redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what you're hearing or what we're doing leave us a review or a rating on our host site just search pinecast retro redoctopus thank you so much for those ponderings and without further ado let's get back to the show which yeah we got some movies to talk about but we haven't mentioned the other cool thing with this episode which is that we have a contest going uh, to send joe off in style we put up this uh earlier in the week and this is nintendo's last stand the uh last ronin contest so we're actually giving away one brand new in the box NECA Last Ronin armored action figure. And we asked you guys to enter, and a few of you did. So we will be pulling a winner. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it like live here on the show, which isn't even live, or if we'll just do it <laughs> afterwards. But we didn't actually figure it out. We should have. But yeah. but you guys will... Uh, one of you guys, one of you lucky, lucky retroids is going to be... Uh, Walking home with a with a Neca Last Ronin, which is pretty pretty cool, which is different than a Mecha Leca High Mecha Hiney Ho, but it's yeah, it both is. both those things are good things are cool. Yeah, that's, that's just the head, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what we'll do? We're going full zombie. We'll go, we'll go yeah. live. We'll go live on our Facebook page on the day this episode airs. 
Okay, that sounds fair. And we'll pick, uh, so uh, I'll let, you know, give a few more days for people to enter if they would like to. We can add that to the post and we'll we'll do that. We'll pick a right. winner. So that'll be Tuesday evening. Evening, yes. We'll do that. Absolutely. So that's tonight, actually. Tonight, probably. Yes. If you're so, hearing this in the yes. morning on Tentacle Tuesday, then uh, we'll be picking the winner tonight then. <laughs> All right, cool. So that sounds that sounds pretty good. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to this show. And uh, so I'll start off with the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, mm. which is by far my favorite still to this day. Uh, it, this movie came out on March 30th, 1990. It was released on New Line Cinema, which I have to say, every no matter what preview I see, <laughs> when that logo shows, I'm like, Ninja Turtles. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <Ninja Turtles. laughs> yeah. It was like that for a long time. For did me, did for you sure. have the VHS with the uh, the Pizza Hut commercial off with the dandelions play? I am sure we must have. We we all bought it right away. I mean, I'm sure we must have. Joe, do you, do you remember that song? Like with the the kid uh, playing off with the dandelions? I don't. I I remember like when the previews were on for this movie that you're never going to see. I'm like, oh okay. I don't even think it came out, you know, but I was just like, oh, man. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. That's I don't know. There's so much, there's so much, like, goodness to that. That that VHS <laughs> tape has gotten some miles, I imagine, in a lot of our, our <laughs> friends. You know, right. I, I, if I've seen a movie once, I've seen it a hundred times if it's this one. I, I watched it last <laughs> night in preparation for this. I did, I did too. I, I, watched, yeah. I watched this one last night. Yeah. I watched uh, a couple more right before the show. I got halfway through the third movie. Uh, the third movie is the only one that I didn't see to prep for this episode. I mean, Turtles Three, the movie. I mean, like the the, the third movie of uh, of what I was planning on watching. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, TMNT, the original movie. What a gem! What a gem! It's awesome one of the best movies ever. I, I, I love the one liners. I love love the costumes. Mm. I love they're so good. They're so yep. good. It's just unfortunate that with the the other two movies that came after it, like the quality of the costumes got worse. Worse and worse. And, and worse. worse. Yeah. Like to like what the fuck? Like what happens to the budget? But anyways, the movie that first one the they, costumes like they, they just fucking disintegrate. Like, why didn't we keep yeah. using those? I, I don't know right. why they didn't use them for the second movie, at least. I mean, it was only the next year for crying out loud. They right. they literally look alive. Like their yeah. eyes are not too big. Yeah. They, they 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 still just give them they gave them the proper size eyes, and it makes all the difference. And they truly, I believe, like when when I watched this the other day with 8-Bit. I'm like, I honest to God believe these are alive. Like I fully yes. believe these costumes it's are real. So good. So they good. look so good. I mean, the costumes in Secret of the Ooze are not bad, but they they look like costumes and they have robotic mm. faces and yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, they, they look a lot worse. They look yeah. they look good, but oh my god, comparing them next to each other, it's crazy how much worse it looks. And they get to the third um, movies like they're lifeless. Oh I know, and the, and and the bummer too is all of the faces in that first movie, especially. I mean, in the first two, they all look different as well, but they really like 
Jim Henson did the suits in the first one. And you can tell how much effort was put into coming up with four distinct faces. You can very easily take off their masks and still know which turtle is which turtle without them saying a word. They look so completely different. By that third movie, they kind of all look the same. Certainly, Leo and Don have the same face. Yes. Mm. Certainly. I don't know, like maybe Mikey and Raph look a little bit different, but like I think Mikey ma- maintained kind of like that sort of angular look that he had, mm. you know, like a Pac-Man sort of shape, you know. Um, he was yeah. he was definitely the cute one always. I think they, right. They, yep. they tried. Right. He to was always him. cuter. Right. <clears throat> the interesting thing about this too, we're talking about Jim Jim Henson, you know, doing the work of the Jim Henson Company and stuff like yeah. that. How that was so iconic to our childhood. It's happening right now with the movie that just came out, The Five Nights at Freddy's, which was yeah. also done with Jim Henson. And like you look at them, you're like, wow, they look like they've come to life and all that. That's that same moment that these kids are going to get that we had. And I mm-hmm. think that's just like such a cool thing. And it's the same company, just that energy that they brought. Yeah. And it may not be everybody's taste, but I'm just saying it's like, that's their Ninja Turtles, man. Right. Right. And I mean, the difference just simply being that the Ninja Turtles are supposed to be alive, whereas Mm -hmm. those, those things are supposed to be animatronic. So they look perfect, but you know, I just think that there's something magical truly about those original Ninja Turtle costumes. I also have to say Mm -hmm. that I think Leonardo looks like a Brian Froud creation. I feel like he looks the (laughs) most like, like his eyes and his face, like he truly looks like he's just from the Dark Crystal. I think, like, if <laughs> yeah, he's got kind of like that sloping uh, Ludo look. From he uh, really yeah. looks, he, he looked like I never thought it as a kid, but mm-hmm. like I was, I was having that thought like recently, and and uh, and I was like thinking about it today. Like he he looks like there's this great picture you can find of Jim Henson posing with the Leo suit and the actor in the Leo suit is like really like giving thumbs up and, and they're making him smile and he just looks so happy and he looks so, he just looks like so Brian Froud. He's got these like little (laughs) black eyes and I don't know. He's just so cute too. But like, I don't know the, the, they all looked amazing in that first one. My God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, at least it seems to me that, this movie is loosely based on the first comic. Well, yeah. So it's like half and half. It's And that was the interesting thing because, you know, at the time, you know, a lot of us were purely fans from the cartoon show cartoon. Yeah. Growing up, you know, our age anyway. And, um, and you know, it was, it was like, you know, the, the humor was closer to the show. They were funnier. Um, cause they're not that funny in the old comics. They have a sense of humor, but they're not, they're not like that. Not so joke. they made them funny. They're not super jokey. Right. They're not super jokey. So they're funny and they're lighthearted and, and, you know, Mikey's really funny and, and everything, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that were pulled from various, uh, issues, um, of the original comics. The one that, the one that always like I recognized like later, cause I didn't know it the first time I watched the movie at the, in the theater, but you know, as I said, I was going to certain comic stores and anytime I could find an old issue of the turtles, I would, I would buy it, whatever it was. If I didn't have it, I would get it. And Raphael number one is a comic where, uh, he actually goes out and he like pieces out and he, uh, goes and is in a bad mood and he does a bad thing and he's off by himself kind of trying to cool down and he meets Casey Jones. And, uh, so the meeting of Casey Jones is similar 
to the way it is in the movie. It's not identical, yeah. but for sure, it is definitely taken from Raphael number one. And then later in the movie, there's the scene where, again, Raphael's off by himself, and he ends up getting jumped on the roof by the Foot Clan. And he's at first really cocky, and then they end up beating him so bad that he is unconscious for, like, you know, part of the movie. And they, you know, they throw him through the, the, the either the window or the ceiling or the ceiling window. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that is actually, uh, an adaptation of what happened to Leonardo and Leonardo number one. So what the original comics would do is they would sometimes do these just one-offs, uh, where they would get to have like more focus on one of the turtles. They, they, you know, Leonardo had Leonardo one and two, I believe. But I could be wrong. It might have been just one. And I think Raphael just had number one. They were just excuses. They're like, how do we do this? I want to I wanna do a side story of just Raphael. So then they came up with Raphael number one. So Leonardo number one, I had both of those. And I read them both literally to the point where I think the staples were giving out. Um, and uh, that was really where the Foot Clan jumped Leo. Uh, he was out. I think it was like. It was either Christmas or Thanksgiving and like they were making a big like April was making a big supper and she's like, oh, my God, I forgot the squash or something. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, I'll I'll volunteer. I'll go get it. And so Leo's going to, I don't know, go to the store. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> so he's he's going to go and he's going to, you know, get the whatever ingredient that they forgot. And uh, he gets jumped by the Foot Clan. And so. It's this great issue. I still think it's one of the best issues ever because it's half and half. So you're juxtaposing all the fun stuff that's happening back at the house because they just have no idea what's happening to Leo. And they're all being goofy and silly and just very family. And, mm. uh, and then Leo is out in the cold, in the snow, fighting for his life against endless foot soldiers. Um, and he does like fight way longer than Raphael fights in the movie uh, and is trying to get back and uh, eventually crashes through the, the window in the same way. And that's where it ends. And then the next issue picks up and it's them. Uh, it's the rest of them in April's um, antique shop trying to fight off the foot clan and the shredder. The shredder was leading them in that, in that scene. Right. It, it wasn't, and it wasn't Tetsuo. Whoever is. No, it was, it was, this, it was this really great appearance for the shredder. And, uh, and so instead of Raphael being the one who was like out of commission, it was Leo that was out of commission and like probably dead. Um, but it was a very similar thing. Um, and then, you know, they had to, you know, nurse him back to health later. So they had to escape. And I'm pretty sure that was the end of the junk shop too. I, I, I think, I think it got burned down just like in the movie or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So there were definitely like scenes that were taken and ad adapted from different issues of the original comics and nothing from the cartoon show other than just the overall tone. Oh, and the fact that they love pizza because that was not in the original comics right. that was added for the, the. Right the show but right. um yeah so it was yeah, a great exactly. hybrid it was just so it's like pleasing fans of both yeah right. it's it's probably it's the most different. accurate comic movie that was ever made right mm -hmm. like even at if you look point. at all the marvel marvel stuff now still it's like you go back and it's like 
well, well, I mean, there's turtles. Like that was there first, and it's like no that's kidding, still right? Pretty damn accurate. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So, so, so such a great adaptation. And Elias Kateas as Casey Jones is like one of the great casting decisions so ever. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was going to say, I mean, I, I, after watching it again last night, I feel like Casey Jones is like my favorite character in that movie. Yeah. He's, he's so good. He's, he's the right amount of stupid too. Cause he should be a little stupid. If yeah. you want to get Casey right, he's got to be a little stupid. Yeah. A little yeah. thick headed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, He's I a blunt that. instrument, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. That's right. I also, I really loved, <laughs> I love Splinter as well. Oh yeah, I think they did, they did a really good job with, you know, the animatronics and just the it's, overall. I think it's just the hand him. puppet. I think yeah. it's really He's both. Yeah, he's got like an animatronic uh, uh, component. I think in like his hand that grabs. But oh, yeah, okay. he's a he's a Kevin Clash puppet. Yeah, it was the yeah. Elmo guy. Yeah. Who does the voice too? Yep. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I I I really loved it. Um, of course, you know, you, you have like like characters like Danny, are just fucking obnoxious. But does Danny else? age well? Do you think? Like, do, do people look at Danny now? And, and like, like maybe maybe Tim's a good one for this. Like, what do you think of Danny when you first saw this movie? I mean. You know, it's not like he to me ever read as like, oh yeah, no, he's a cool character. Like he's he's a cool kid. Like he just seems like a punk. You know, he seems like Sid from Toy Story. Like, just kind of seems like a kind of a dickish kid. Like I think the the turning point is really just when he you know steals the money out of April's wallet. You know, it's like he's already not doing you know not impressing anybody and then you know you have that and you're just like you know it was like this is the kind of kid that i'm not going to be friends with at school this is the kind of kid that i'm gonna stay away from so he doesn't really read as anything you know positive and uh i don't know from for for me for whatever reason i always like in my head every single time i watch this movie i'm like he looks exactly like he could be april's son like the (laughs) actor who plays him looks so yeah. facially similar to April. It's weird. And it's he's like, also, no, also he's it, right? just her boss's <laughs> yeah. son. And yeah. it's just very odd. I'm like, wow, what an odd turn of events that you just happened. He looks have. like a hoag. Yeah, you look hoagy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, my last name is Grinder. <laughs> it's a little regional dialect there for you. Oh, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll sorry. forgive you. I'll forgive you. <laughs> right, right. Um, also, uh, the shredder, like yeah, James Saito like, is the shredder. Yeah. So good. I mean, I, I mean, when he first shows up in the movie, it's, it was, it was just one of those things like, holy fuck. <laughs> it's like looking at Darth badass. Vader. Yeah. You know? They did a really good job. I love the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that the, the cape was just really, really cool. And of course the, the fight scene. With the turtles at the end on the rooftop, which is really cool. I just loved it. So much fun. Um, uh, my brother and I would always make fun of the, sh- the Shredder, like when he sees Splinter and realizes that it's the same rat that scratched his face. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's chasing, he's, you know, he's like, he has his, his spear out and he's running after. Uh, Splinter. Splinter's just like he's on the he's just like on the the, the ladder or something. He and he has like nunchucks or whatever that that Mikey threw. Um, and it was it was kind of like it was really silly 
if you think mm. about it. Like he's just running, yeah. he's not doing anything, he's just running after him. And then all Sperm does is he just takes the nunchucks and kind of like just wraps the nunchuck around the sphere and kind of like flips the shredder over so that he's like dangling off the side of the building. And and, and the, the shredder just like just grabs a dagger and then just tries to throw it at Splinter, but Splinter catches it and then lets go of the uh the spear. The spear and just falls into a into a dumpster. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. That is Oops. my favorite, that is like one of my favorite parts in the whole movie when, when Casey's like, Whoops. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna commit murder and be yeah. funny about it. Right. Well, it, I mean, after everything he's been through, it's like you can kind of see it's like, yeah, it's either going to be him or us. This this murder, you know, machine over here is yeah. gonna... right, right. A kitchen right. utensil, right? I mean, I mean, one of my one of the, my favorite things about Casey was that he was just like not really phased at all. Like when he first sees Raph without the hat on, he's like, freak. Like that, that was like his response, like freak. But he's okay. kind of poker. even poker yeah. with bald heads that wear green makeup. <laughs> well, like Frank! Frank! Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> Jose Canseco bet. And one of my favorite scenes with Casey is when he's fighting uh, Tetsu. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he finds a golf club and oh, yeah. just like he hits him in the stomach with the with the the end of it and then and then he goes four, and then like wax and goes flying across yeah. the room. He's like, I'll never call golf a dull, dull game again. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, like, I think that rewatching it, the only criticisms I have for this movie are that the creators were not interested in making a kung fu movie. This is not right. about the fights. So, I think that the problem I have with the movie is that the fights are all terrible. It's not about that. It's about showing us the world of the turtles and whatever. But they are ninjas, so they should have some decent karate stuff going on. They have a couple fights with the Foot Clan that's okay. But a lot of them, like Casey versus Tetsu, who's this big badass, and he literally just stands there and lets him get hit by the, like, swing the club and get hit by it and like yeah, he's done in yeah. one shot like and the the shredder fight at the end i mean i don't know I, I i can't i don't like the the shredder fight at the end it's silly but like you know i mean it cuz it makes the turtles look like they don't know what they're doing like leo charges at them and like he jumps at him with his two swords in there like is that a move dude did you learn this from splinter where did you get this from right. why this are you jumping wide open please hit this me, is called the stupidest know. thing you've ever done like why would you do back that? to what he was telling raf in the early you know anger you know pointed inward is like a double edged sword you know mm. you make mistakes when you do things out of anger <clears> which <throat> ironically was the undoing of oroko saki you know yeah it, it just would have been nice to see the turtles look competent in that last scene for one second. Right. It's kind of like when uh, against the fly bows with the shredders, like, oh, I forgot how to fight. I completely forgot how to fight. Like, don't even. What that roll even... they did, where they both walk up together and do like that that sick sort of roll, and they're like knocking yeah. foot soldiers oh, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. That is. You ever random, try to yeah. do that with a friend? Yeah. No. No. In a turtle costume. No. Oh, so, okay. All right. Never mind. Moonlight. And I mean, you know, Shredder charging Splinter is also uh, like, are you, are you, are you dumb now? Like, what, what happened to you? But I get it. They wanted to give the kill to Splinter, and he's a puppet, yeah. and they couldn't. They they had very limited stuff they were able to do with Splinter, 
And so it's like, okay, well, he's going to be off the side of the building. We'll have him climbing up the rope, uh, the ladder. So we are hiding the puppeteer. Like, obviously, there are limitations and there's only so much you can do. So it's like, okay, whatever. I still I still feel like they could have done something better than to just have the shredder charge him like that. But at the end of the day, it's just not about being a good ninja movie. It's not a kung fu movie. It's just not. It's an action adventure fantasy. And it is so good at everything else that I'm just willing to be fine with it. You know, it's like, whatever. Right. Um, I wish it was better on that level, that martial arts level, but it's fine. Because they did get people, the suit actors were all martial artists. So it's yeah. like, you know, they, they had the abilities. They had the thought that this is something that we want, you know, them to be able to do, but. The stunt coordinator actually just passed away yesterday. If I don't know if you oh, guys wow. saw that, uh, Pat Johnson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So he was wow. the the one who was the judge from uh, Karate Kid when Daniel Larusa was fighting um, uh, Johnny there. Oh so wow! He was actually the uh, stunt coordinator, and he was responsible for hiring all of the uh, all the folks and all the Foot Clan and all that. Neat. And, um, another thing I don't know if you guys know, but the actors that were inside the suits all have cameo roles in the film. The easiest okay. one to figure out is Josh Pace, um, or Pius, whatever you say. He's uh, he's like, what the hell was that? Looked like a giant turtle in a trench coat. Oh, yeah, fun, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the voice of Raphael. You know, um, oh. uh, I think it's Magellan Sisti, who is the pizza guy, 922 and an eighth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, ah, crap, his name is... Uh, ex- the I tab's thirteen, but the other the other guy is I bring a message, Miss O'Neill. Whack, shut it, oh. you know. And so, and of course, Ernie yeah. Reyes Jr. was inside uh, Donatello. We'll see right. him on the next movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Awesome movie. I just loved it so much. It's such a, a blast from the past. Um, and speaking of next movie, Ape Alchemy. Hello, hello. Oh, hi. Um. Yeah. I mean. Just quickly, I think that the original Turtles movie is like one of those movies that should just be considered a perfect film. Like all the little things, you know, kind of nitpicky aside, like it's it's perfect. It's magical. How did you make the Turtles feel so legitimate on screen? Um, and so, I mean, to me, it's just it's just so incredible. And, and you know, I watched it a, a lot, but the the movie, honestly, that I watched more was the second ninja turtles movie and to be honest it's probably because it was a little bit you know just more goofy and fun and kid like focused and all these other fun elements to it that as a kid you know it came out in 91 the year i was born so as by the time i started watching it i was very young and uh i just i loved this movie to death um you know secret of the ooze obviously you know critically now as an adult sure there's all these different things that are you know not quite as good as the first one but man it, i didn't give a crap i love this movie to mm-hmm. to death uh, as a kid and i watched it so much i mean i swear to god every single time i eat pizza i think of the intro to this movie it's <laughs> literally just like a clip show of people eating pizza and half of it doesn't even look that great but it just like the movie makes me want pizza and pizza makes me want to watch this movie. Like they're just, they're just <laughs> linked. It's a two way street. I can't change that. It's in my DNA now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, for those of you who don't know, the 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the secret of the ooze is going into, you know, some depth about the company TGRI, TCRI, I don't know, you decide, uh, (laughs) that, you know, was the progenitor of this ooze that mutated them and made the turtles in the first place. And, you know, it's like, it, it starts off so great. Like, you know, once you get past wanting pizza that first fight scene you know where they're like just kind of taking down these guys you meet you know you meet kino the pizza delivery guy then you know he's kind of getting ambushed by these these thugs and all the turtles show up and they just have this like such a great you know title card you know they jump in and like it pauses and there's like there's the title and then they're just doing this big like just fun is the bottom line for this fight now uh steve and i have talked about how like the turtles couldn't really use their weapons because they were considered like too violent or whatever so they had to do all this clever you know kind of fight choreographing to make sure that no one was getting hit with a sword or or a nunchuck to the face um but like i don't even i've never thought about that you know i've never watched this movie and gone wow yeah nobody really takes a hit from one of the weapons because they they just do a good job of organically having like these the different turtles sort of fighting with whatever the hell's around them and it just feels right. fun you know mikey's <laughs> yeah, got fucking like ninja jackie Cole chan it, like the whole yeah time. jackie chan ninja cold cuts you got the clown doll you got you know the the little fucking squeaky little boppy thing that donnie picks up out of nowhere like and and to me that scene is just such a great way to start this movie because it's so high energy and um and i don't know like it's it's got some really excellent music you know the music that starts that movie has just got a real real groove to it and uh i don't know there's like so many different fun elements throughout it you know you have April obviously gets recast. You know, she's Paige Turco now. So you end up with a, a jar. No more Hogue. No more right. Judith no, Hogue. No, no more Hogue. And it's it's a bummer. Go big uh, or go Hogue. <laughs> right. Well, I guess they went big because they didn't go Hogue. So yeah. they unfortunately had to recast her. But, you know, whatever. Paige Turco's great uh, once you get used to it. Yeah, no, you she's, know, it's, she's it's just, great. It's yeah. jarring, but them. you're like, whatever. And what I love is that the turtles in April, you know, they've known each other for a while now. You got them living in her apartment. And I like, honestly, my favorite scenes is the scenes with the turtles in April in her apartment and them just like dicking around. Like either they're doing, you know, they were like, you know, they, they didn't do what they should have done. And Splinter's like, go do some backflips. And then they're in the yeah, corner doing yeah. backflips, but they're just counting out loud. They're not really doing the backflips. And then they're like, you know, get called out on that. Yeah, or Mikey they, does that. Yeah, because Leo and right, Raph, Ma- like, they take right, it. And Mikey's like, one, two. And he's just yeah. like, you can just hear him counting in the back yeah. of other scenes. And then they go back to him and he's like, uh, uh. one (laughs) and it's just like there's a lot of really good genuine fun moments like that that are just doing a lot with not much of a scene it's just like we're just we're just in her apartment and i love when they're having the pizza and they're throwing all the slices back and forth and just being like ridiculous but it's a great way to drive home their brotherliness and their Mm -hmm. you know teenageness and like just the fun that they're having with each other and they're also getting comfortable and complacent because the shredder's been gone for so long they're like what do we got to do? You know, we're, we're training all this other crap and nobody knows, you know, whatever. Like we don't have anything really that's causing a problem. Um, so I, I just, I super love kind of seeing that 
more relaxed side of it. It's a great juxtaposition after the first movie, which had plenty of fun moments, but had a lot more severity at parts. And, uh, you know, I, I said the line, I kind of said the line when we started, but for some reason, when, when they're watching TV, they're watching April on TV and, uh, and Mikey's just eating a Butterfinger for no reason. And he's just so <laughs> fucking loud. Like the, cr- the, the, the crunching of the, of the Butterfinger is so high in the mix. He's just crunch, crunch, crunch. And Raph gets all pissed off and he's like, Hey Mikey, you want to crunch any louder? You can still hear out of this year. And I swear to God, I said that line all the time to like specifically with my cousin, Mike. Um, and we would just always like throw that line at each other randomly, uh, like our whole lives. And I was looking up quotes for this movie and that wasn't even on the list. Wow. Nobody gave a shit about that line. Apparently like IMDB's quote page for secret of the use didn't even have that line. And I'm like, what? That's like such a line for me. That's such a, a quote from this movie. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not everybody. Cared what about what it. do you go with then? Yeah, but good go. You know, it's a right. little too <laughs> rap, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. A little too and, quiet. And uh and I, I like I like how they're like trying to watch April's uh newscast and then Raph just wants to keep changing it. You know, he's just like he's like, Can we watch something else? And Leo's like, No, we're watching April. Shut up. Like <laughs> Like for, some, for whatever reason, Raph's just like, can we watch anything else? This, and, is, this uh, is the movie that actually gives him personality, though, because you see him as like, okay, he's got a hero complex, he's got a chip on his shoulder, he's angry in the first right. one. This one, you see him laugh. You see him interact yep. with like a human. You see him yeah, be they a mentor. Him down, yeah. like, and, and like you just see the best parts of what you're talking about, Tim, is like the interactions as brothers and that's right. why i gravitated towards yeah. this movie because it's like everybody knows what it's like when you're just like ribbing with your cousin or your brother or something like yep. that if you have that in your life you're like oh yeah this th- this totally makes sense not mm-hmm. everyone's a ninja not everyone's a turtle you know but we were all teens at one point so <laughs> yep. you know that that yep. sort of relatability and it's just a different style of movie and it is it's really fun it's i really i adore fun. it yeah 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 it's really fun and i and i think it's a great sequel because like we've said with great sequels they're not just trying to do the same thing as the movie before it and you know it stands on its own and uh and all that stuff um unfortunately we don't get we don't get really any casey casey jones is just not in this movie which is Mm -hmm. which is i i feel like all things considered the biggest bummer for me like yes. all, there's there's a variety of cheesy things and whatnot in the movie but it's a real bummer that we don't have any casey uh but i like um you know i like the stuff that we get to see with uh what's his face there the guy uh, david warner who's mm-hmm. the scientist professor jordan Perry. i think he's really actually kind of great really next levels this movie i think yeah Absolutely. yeah i think yeah. he totally like plays this role very well and and I mean I I think Ernie Reyes Jr. as Kino is also awesome. Like what, what, was, I, I, what was he coming off of? I mean, obviously he had Time Bandits, but I'm thinking was it Time After Time? Because I mean, David Warner was pretty much like a B movie actor. Was he well, know? so he, he well, so the thing with the thing with David Warner is he's like a Chris uh, Christopher Lee uh, type of guy where he was from that old school of like you know he would do anything. So he would do big stuff. He would do small stuff, and he was excellent in everything oh yeah no matter what it was it didn't matter so yeah i mean i'm not sure exactly what he came off of for this i mean time after time was 
probably close to this. I'm, yeah. but, I mean, like he would play good guys. He would play bad guys. And um, I mean, I don't know. He, he was, he was great in this movie. What a, yeah. what a weird choice to even his like, uh, grandson. He did this no. because his grandson was so obsessed with the turtles. So, oh, neat, yeah. very cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's super admirable. Neat. And uh, and actually, one of the scenes that I always loved was when they go. You know, they're they're on the news and they're saying that they've disposed of all this ooze and all this other stuff, and then they find this little patch over there, and there's all these like mutated sunflowers. I freaking love that. Oh, like yeah. they just pick <laughs> them up and they're these dandelion. beefy fucking or dandelions, right? These huge, like you know, handful size stalks on these dandelions. Never and, saw like, Freddy again. <laughs> Soon it's he just died weird. from touching the dandelion. <laughs> right, like that dude's like, dude, I don't know, man. His hand got all jacked up after that. But it was like a neat world, like world building moment of like, oh, you get to see the ooze mutate something that's not sentient. It's just like it's a flower, and it mm-hmm. it still got mutated, and that that was really cool. And um, the turtles get a new base after April's place gets, you know, they, they outgrow that. And uh, I love the train station base. Oh, yeah. It's yes. so visually yes. awesome. It's mm-hmm. super cool. The shot where they turn the, the electricity on and everything, and you get to see all of it. And, you know, they even they keep that in the third movie, too. Um, I think that base is the shit. Uh, and the, I mean, the biggest thing I haven't really mentioned yet is you get you get two new mutants. You get Toka and Razar, and mm-hmm. they're, uh, you know, a snapping turtle and a wolf. And, I mean, to wolf me as a kid... Snapping turtle! Like, if you were, like... What's the thing you're most excited about to see in Turtles too? Like like reasons for rewatching it. I just like always loved seeing them because they're like as goofy as they are, it was so much fun to see these huge new mutants, new monsters, and uh and you know, it's like I don't know, it just it just really got me excited. So I just kinda always liked watching this movie for any reason. And uh and yeah, I mean, you can't mention this movie and not talk about Vanilla Ice. Unfortunately, yeah, he's not even just kind of in this movie. It's like that ninja rap scene with that song goes on so much longer than I remembered it. Like after rewatching <laughs> it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can still hear the ninja rap in the background. How yeah. fucking long are they playing this? And there's not much to it. You know, it's like they, there's like one verse. And then as soon as he gets to like, you know, go. the hook and everyone's like, machine. go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja. Like, yeah. like, have you ever seen a turtle get down? No. Like, that is story. Just... That's actually also a queen song. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. My song goes dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, you get it. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, Vanilla Ice said he was supposed to originally be there for like one day and it turned into eight days because they were just all having so much fun. Shit. Wow. Well, that's good. It was, it was because it was fun. Uh, and I mean, you know, that, that sequence is awesome. You know, say what you want about Vanilla Ice and all that other stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely he, like he integral to that a, movie. He is a pillar of the Turtles community right now. Like, just like in terms of like, he is beloved, you know, in, in the Turtle community, like in the circles that you <laughs> really? go in and all that. I'd be yeah, like, really? No one remembers Rasta Man from his, okay. All right. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I remember it. That's good. No, I mean he's he's a dream guest to get on on the show. Honestly, like if I can get him on and talk about him, but I always oh, yeah, ask everyone that's cool. been in the movies be like, well, "What's your opinion of Vanilla Ice?" And you know, it's it's always cool to hear what they're gonna say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, do they ever say they don't have an opinion on Vanilla Ice? That's what I would say. No one has like no. ever said that. No. You're like, my, uh, my hope is they're like that. Sounds how much like do you think about Vanilla flavor? Ice? Um, not that much. 
I yeah. don't I don't know how much I don't not a lot. More I mean more than snow. Yeah, exactly. But, I, I but, think of ice in terms of flavors. <laughs> You're talking uh, about the informer snow? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Slightly more than him. Wow. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, that that's the secret of the ooze to me. And I <laughs> That is the, the secret of the ooze with the friends we made along the way. Uh, after <laughs> having just watched it, I would still just sit down and watch it right now. Like it's just it's a popcorn munching movie. Like it's fun, and and I mean, uh, you get you get the super shredder at the end of the movie who mm-hmm. looks super cool, but he's in it for five seconds, um, and it's it's a bad fight. Like it's Does really just like, like I do. I know, like he's <laughs> you know. He's like Almost. a mighty Joe Young sized kaiju. Okay, yeah. It's like whatever, whatever class of kaiju. That right. Is. It's like no, right. well, you're bigger. Yeah, but he's he's he like take a, a skull know. crawler, right? Yeah, it's got, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He can barely take a fucking not the big dock. Yeah, yeah no, look, he, he's he not gonna fight he couldn't take a dock. That's a super. You can't take a dock. I don't know if he could take much of anything. But yeah, that that scene to me, like as a kid, I never had any issues with it. Um, right. But like you know, after seeing it over the years, being older and stuff, it's like, man, why the hell did they do it that way? And you know, it's like they just had him rage out on all the supporting beams of this mm. dock, and it doesn't even feel like the crumbling of the dock would have killed him or done yeah. anything to stop him because no. the turtles are like, nobody could have survived that. I'm like, motherfucker lived through a trash compactor. Like right. this is just a like, did you porch. see the size of that guy? Like that imagine right. a rhinoceros under that. Yeah. Right. You, you wouldn't oh. even think twice. You'd be like, oh yeah, let's let's dust off that rhinoceros. Right. Like he's just a little dusty. Like he's, he's still gonna come out of this he's okay. Definitely okay. Right. <laughs> right. Um, um and, and also it's also ridiculous the uh the like bright idea that it has to be Leo that says like he's like, Oh, and by the way, we're turtles, like we can it's like who the fuck is keeping like you had to be told to jump off the dock. Like, just, it's right there. Just turn right. around. The water right. is right. It's it's six inches away. Just jump <laughs> off the dock. If you were not a turtle, that is still what you would do. Right. If you still, were made of, still a good plan. If you were the thing from the Fantastic Four, you would jump off into the water. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It is just what you would do. Right. But they, But I think they had to, like, again, they're not interested in fights. So all the fights are, are, are you know, Super on the tame late. side. And I think they wanted that Disney villain death where they caused it themselves. Right. And it's, right. it is lame. It, it is yeah. just super lame, but yeah, I guess it is kind of like Jafar, huh? You know, he becomes a, a genie at the end and then immediately gets foiled. It's like, well, there's, there's, it's actually no... a, most, most Disney villains end up like causing their own deaths. Like Hoisted think on their of, own petards. Um petards, yes. Like, you know, think of Gaston. Uh think of uh you know Clayton in, in Tarzan. Think of the I mean they're 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 really it is a thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah I, I mean that way, but that's true. Yeah, I think that's Maverick what they from uh, they Atlantis. Yeah. Yep. What's yeah With James I, Garner? I can I can never think of his name. Yeah. Oh oh yes, right, right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Uh, yeah, time. James Garner from uh, Atlantis, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he totally yeah. just blows up. But yeah, it, it is still a visually like exciting scene. I, even when like all the best we, we get to see the Super Shredder do is like punch through wooden posts, but it is pretty cool. It's dramatic yeah. and it's violent, and there's a lot of force there and energy and stuff. So it, it it is it is a disappointing scene, but it's it's certainly 
the scene for me for the for when I was a kid for the for yeah. this movie. I mean, my yeah. So I want to I want to say just two things. First of all, Tokit and Razar were not spoiled in any way, shape, or form. They like if you if you can think of the um the poster. It's the four turtles, and they're gathered around the ooze canister. And in the background, there are shadows of Toka and Razar, which we know what they are now. At the time, that is all they gave us. We didn't know who those two things, what those two things were, who they were. We, a lot of us were like, is it Bebop and Rocksteady? Like, it doesn't look like them, but who else could it possibly be? So <clears throat> going into this movie, like knowing that there were two monsters that we didn't know anything about was a very exciting thing. And they did not spoil it in the trailers or anything. Um, yeah. So that's I just I just think that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, and then uh, I also want to say after watching it this last time, I was I was struck so completely by this this thought that um, I never realized before, and I ended up making a whole post about this on the group. If you want to look up. Uh, I did a whole uh, series of my, I picked a turtle MVP for each, each movie. And uh, it's basically what, 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 who was the main turtle in this movie? Who is the main, you know, character turtle, like the Wolverine of this particular movie, you know, X-Men movies are all Wolverine movies. So who's, who's the main turtle? Well, I really, really did not realize it, but damn, the secret of the ooze is Donatello's movie. Like, yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. He has so it, many it's lines. Absolutely insane how much they give to only him. They could have easily split up his stuff between Leo and Raph, and they all would have been in it a decent amount. And they're like, no, I just like Donatello. I just want Donatello to do everything. So Donatello like has absolutely the most lines of any turtle but i would say he has probably more lines than any certainly any two other turtles you want to pick combined maybe all three he he has so many sequences that he gets lines and he gets things to say and he's also very uh involved with moving the plot forward in a lot of scenes sometimes you know the other turtles are off like being annoying mikey's always just being silly by himself he's not help he's never helpful uh leo and raf are sometimes at odds sometimes they're dealing with their own bullshit whatever donnie is the one left up picking the like picking up the pieces and trying to move the plot forward and trying to get everybody to move forward and trying to help and whatever um it really is crazy i never noticed it until this past viewing but this is absolutely the donatello movie and i'm just so freaking happy that donatello gets one I, I if if you had asked me like pick pick the MVP of the turtle movies I would have said oh well it's always going to be Raph or Michelangelo right but and that they are they are more the Wolverine but um I'd say Raph for the first one right I would say I would say Raph for the first one yeah. definitely yep I was I said Raph for the first one Donnie for the second one Mike uh, the third one is like a kind of a toss up I I I don't Mike know I would Ruth. say. Mike, Mike and Raph both have really good subplots. Um, yeah. I mean, Don and Don and Leo are much, much, much less. Leo is like barely there. Yeah. And then um, I would say uh, for TMNT, it's it's a it's close between Leo and Raph, and I would say Raph still wins. And um, and the uh, I, I think Michelangelo was really the standout in the the first Bay movie. Um, 
Yeah, I know none I of us are a fan, but I, I really feel like the, the other second one. The second one's good. I don't like the first one. The second one, I don't even remember. I saw it. I saw them each once, but I remember the first one more. But the 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 fact that like Mikey was, I I don't know, like he was funny, and I feel like the other turtles were all barely in it. Like even Raph for once had barely anything to do. I feel like it was always, always, always Michelangelo in the forefront. Um, so I can't really speak on out of the shadows. I'm really not sure. And, uh, and I would say, uh, with mutant mayhem, I would, I would say Leonardo was the, the but I think that, I think that like, yeah, Donatello gets one and it's secret of the use. God damn it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, next time you watch it, think, or just like pay attention to how much Donatello you're getting. Yep. Did you notice the voice was, uh, the, one of the kids from Denver, the last dinosaur. Does anyone remember that? Cause I, I mean, knew I that remember this kid. show, but I was like, I, Oh my I, God, I they got the guy from Denver, the last dinosaur to do the voice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's your best friend in a whole lot more. He yeah. is. What, and I don't want to know what a whole lot more means. What's dinosaur stuff. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you, you want it to be. It's I'll tell you right now. I won't, I won't judge you on it. I won't if that's what you're into. I mean, I'm not going to judge. Well, you. take a look at my dinosaur egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. The dinosaur egg's yeah. my hammer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So uh, yeah. So secret of the use. Uh, and then the other one. Uh, so you know, trying to get too, not get too deep into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Uh, but I almost picked this one because we weren't we weren't all exactly sure which ones we were gonna do. Uh, but yeah, so I figured I was like, I'll do a two shot. Uh, Turtles three, we don't need to spend a lot of time on. I did watch it a lot as a kid. Uh, yeah. It came out in '93, and you know, like we said, the the costumes and everything are a lot worse. Um, but also, it's like weirdly a sequel that kind of punches above its weight class, like in ways that you wouldn't expect from just like, oh, it's the third Turtles movie. You know, it's like, obviously the Turtles are still popular, but yeah. anytime you're in a series, the third movie, I, I, you know, you, you stop paying attention after a little while. It's straight you know, to DVD or straight to VHS at the time, you know? Yeah, didn't have a theatrical yeah. release or anything like that. But, you know, they decided to do this just crazy incidental feudal Japan plot line. And April O'Neil's like, hey, I went to the antique store and I bought you guys a bunch of random junk. And <laughs> hey, Michelangelo, here's this lampshade. And, and, and uh, you know, you get whatever the hell. And it's just like a bunch of junk. And like, she's does like, does he oh, have a lamp? For no, that lampshade? So no. It's like, Why would you buy him a him fucking that? lampshade, April? Right. And so then he wears it as a hat, which, like, you know, what else could you even do with that? Uh, <laughs> right. Weird. And then she's <laughs> like, and, and then in the most, like, just like, it, <clears throat> I don't know, cultural appropriation thing she could possibly do. She's like, oh, this scepter looked vaguely Japanese. I bought it for you, Splinter. And it's like, oh, random. He's okay. like, I'm well, not actually Japanese. I'm a rat. <laughs> right. I, I'm a rat. Right. Like my 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 master was Japanese. Like I don't have an affiliate. I'm just rat. <laughs> uh, and I I can't I can't leave the the car anyway in this movie. They didn't right. build me from the from the stomach down. So yeah, they made Splinter into a Zoltar for this movie. So he's just in a window, like giving you fortunes. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and she's like, okay, I bought the scepter. Oh shit, it's a time portal scepter. And then she just ends up in uh switching places with this <laughs> prince in feudal 16th century japan uh Whoops. prince kenshin whoopsie doodles and uh and so then the turtles just have to follow her and and rescue her from feudal japan so you know all of that plot premise is dumb um 
and and everything like that. But like it really punches above its weight class because it makes an entire movie, direct to DVD, you know, direct to video movie that's all in feudal Japan with like elaborate sets and villages and costumes and armors and like way more than you would assume that this thing this movie would have you know they didn't just make a lazy movie where they're farting around new york it's like no we went to japan to do all this stuff so it's like kind of you know admirable in a way um you get elias Coteus back which is huge um but you also get him back as casey who plays babysitter to the four random honor guards that the turtles have to switch place with and yeah. honestly the best way to describe that interaction is it is the same exact thing as deacon in bill and ted yes! babysitting <laughs> Napoleon. Yes. Uh, thank you same fucking thank thing. you it's just like hey we need you to just babysit these guards go take bring them it to ziggy New York. piggy i right, never bring thought of that piggy. that's great and it's like <laughs> it's so odd and i mean there's a lot honestly like as dumb as it is there's a lot of charming moments with them and like them watching hockey on tv and just like running around saying like hockey hockey like they like the only word that they get out of that and uh i don't know it's like it's so stupid it kind of works um <laughs> but also, you have Elias Kateas playing this other character who is not related to Casey Jones. He's so just like that one of the prisoners. Right, mm-hmm. that we know of. He's one of the yeah. prisoners in feudal Japan. April sort of like looks at him and is like, hmm, looks like a Casey Jones. And so she lets him out of the cage And uh, when she escapes. And that's sort of just She's like... She's suddenly very Italian. I don't know why... <laughs> They would make this character look like Casey Jones, played by Elias Coteus, other than just to have April randomly take pity on him in that scene. Like, this character didn't need to be Elias Coteus. I understand that from a contractual like point of view, they probably were like, hey, Casey Jones isn't in this movie that much, but we'll give you this other thing that you can also mm-hmm. play, maybe to sweeten the deal for him. And to also from, make up for the lack of Casey from the last movie. <laughs> right. I don't I don't know the story there, but you know, it's just such a it's, a, it's like the character's role isn't the problem. It's just like, why why is it played by the same actor? Like that didn't need to be a thing. And mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like April really had like a love interest with him or like uh me and um me and Steph, uh, my wife, we were talking about this character and we're like, maybe if April and Casey were having like a spat or something that they established and then this character made her like kind of realize that she missed him or something like that, like just to have some kind of significance. But no, this this guy really didn't need to look like Casey Jones at all. Um, right. It's just so strange. But, mm. you know, whatever. The the movie has some really great moments for Raph and Mikey. Um, you know, R- Mikey saves uh, this young boy Yoshi from this burning house. Really great, you know, amazing character building moment for Mikey because you don't you don't expect that out of him. Not that he's you know beyond doing it it's just like wow he just ran into a burning building to save a kid and then had like you know a ton of it was it's the first serious thing he's ever done yeah like super just down to business like i need to save this kid's life and then you have yoshi building a relationship with raf over the movie and yoshi getting you know all sorts of trauma because his dad died and he's like oh you know what's you know i like he he basically grew up too fast and now yoshi's been exposed to so much like mature things in his life that raf's trying to like be like no go be a kid fly a kite with your friends go run around don't 
focus on all this heavy stuff that's going on around you and you know trying to you know reassure him and it being the most selfless raf like at all that you've seen in the movies and uh it's it's super great it's a really awesome arc for raf to go on and uh and all that other stuff so i feel like that was a great part of it uh <laughs> donnie like you know he's he's always doing stuff like around everyone else and the main thing i remember is like he gets to rebuild the scepter because when they go to japan they lose it and then they are like shit we got to get uh we got to rebuild the scepter to go back the fact that they even thought that they could maybe rebuild it is kind of wild because it's clearly like a magic scepter <laughs> right, uh, right, right. but they're like if we just recreate something vaguely the same shape this should kind of do the trick and then you know they spend like two weeks making it in this village and then they're like all right cool let's do this thing let's like go back and then they just fucking drop it down a well by accident and they're like whoops oh well guess we need a new plan it's like what the fuck like what are you doing so that that like why why would you write that like that that's Mm. so stupid but you know ultimately it was just a MacGuffin anyway they get the real scepter and can travel back in time so it's like okay and then again like you said uh steve and i've been talking about this like leo basically in the second and third movie really has very little super focused scenes on him there's like he's there he says Mm -hmm. a couple lines but he's really got nothing specific to do um but you know long and short of it is that it's just kind of like a weird movie that the the biggest you know distraction is how bad the suits look um but it's got a lot of charm like i still had fun watching it but obviously it's it's the worst of the three by a lot um but yeah i don't know you know that's that's the third one i don't know if you guys have anything specific you wanted to chime in on um yeah i i honestly thought the the villain in this movie was just dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, Brit- pirate, like the British dumb. pirate guy. Yeah, he's yeah. in a ton of movies. That guy too. I was wondering. He's seen. I'm like, this dude Tons seems like a legit actor. Like, who is this? Yeah, right. Yeah, he was the bad guy in like so freaking many movies. He was the bad. He was the bad guy in the Mask of Zorro. With <laughs> oh wow! wow. Kidding. So hmm. many movies, like in the 90s. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the the things that I that even we pointed out as kids was the the way how he dies. After the <laughs> oh, God, that's <laughs> yeah. The, 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 so that's Lord Norinaga now, the Japanese like guy who falls off the cliff, right? Or is it? Or is it? No, that, it's the, the British it's the British guy. guy. It's it's the, the British oh, right, guy, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So he, he falls falls into to his death. In the in the ocean, or whatever, and there's like there's no graphic of him splashing in the water or anything. He's kind of like the water just like absorbs him, but yeah, he he's falling down and then just he just, just like, zoop. like gulp. Yep, he zooms like the dies. <laughs> that's how he dies. Like okay, this, that's really. Oh. They had some cool action figures for this uh, for this uh, series. Like they came out with the movie turtles, which looked they like. Did like the movie and they were like kind of gummy and st- and you could like take their parts off and stuff that was fun they kind of looked like they had leprosy but a little bit yeah now yeah. yeah. um they did make the casey character uh with a catapult i do have the okay. catapult i didn't get the casey uh, he costs a little more but yeah so that's the only casey jones figure they had from the movie figures oh weird uh, was that but they made an april you know and and um there was some prototypes for the uh the princess and all that but you know 
and and I think that the design of the turtles in that uh, sort of samurai armor was really cool. Like I I always liked agreed. that part of it. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yep. Yeah, yep. agreed. And rule of cool for this movie because it's not like if you look at it like too closely, you're like, ah, oh, there's definitely some mistakes here, and you could see where you know it falls off the the trains, but. Both of these two movies that we just talked about, the biggest difference is the lighting. They took and they mm. used realistic natural light instead of dim sort of lighting where they focus it and keep everything in shadows. And it it shows more imperfections than the original. Mm. So if they had if they had really like dimmed it down and you know you know done something different about the lighting, that could have made a huge difference. That's a really good point. Yeah, the first yeah. one's really a lot darker. Oh, it's super right. dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you're, you're same, almost like, am I watching this through something? You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Same thing goes for like effects in like Godzilla movies and stuff. You know, it's you it's see, so close to a Godzilla movie. Yeah, you see the effects in dim light or drastic shadow and stuff, and it's like, whoa. You know, you're so like you're so immersed in it, and then if you see it in broad daylight, you're like, oh, that yeah. doesn't look awesome. You know, it, yeah, in many ways, it really kind of is a Godzilla movie. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, you know, that's that's the the one two punch of two and three there. Just want to um, mention briefly, we actually did talk. We have talked about this on the show before, but the Turtles tournament game for the Super Nintendo included a character that was somebody nobody recognized. She was made up for the game. Her name was Asuka. She was yeah. a Japanese lady, and she was originally supposed to be the character Mitsu from this movie, but the movie tanked and didn't do well and they decided at the last minute that they didn't want to link it to that so they're like well we'll just say she's somebody totally uh different uh whatever right she'll just be a new character come up with a name that's her name yep yep all right very cool parasite steve okay so i've picked my second favorite Ninja Turtle movie of all time after the first one is TMNT, which is a CG cartoon movie that came out in uh, 2007. <clears throat> this was uh, put up by a company called Imagi Animation, and they have uh, been defunct since 2010, three years after this. So oh, basically, wow. they made some TV shows. They made two movies had a bunch planned including legend of zelda um oh, yeah. yeah uh so they made tmnt in 2007 they made astro boy in 2009 both of these movies are great astro boy was so really good. great really great and um yeah they just tanked they neither movie did well at all uh, i saw both of these in the movie theater um i i loved them both uh yeah so <clears throat> tmnt wow this movie is so close to being my favorite, and there are things I like about this the, about this movie that I like better than the original movie, but overall, I can't pick it as my favorite. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh, goddamn. It is, it is probably the darkest. It is... Definitely, it has the best fighting. This... See, this yeah. was... This was interested in choreographing actual fight scenes that were, yes. that were like, really good martial artist like fight scenes so that i have to give this movie because oh my god like compared to even the first movie it's not comparable so um 
the basic plot is very different. They they wanted to do something different. So no shredder. We're not going to start from scratch again. This is actually um, the, they've been the Ninja Turtles for a long time. And as a group, they already know April. They already know Casey, all that stuff. And the beginning is, as a Leo fan, my favorite beginning. I think it's absolutely awesome. Cool. They, you know, yeah, Leo yeah. for once actually gets the focus. Um, and, yeah. and I, I, you know, just piggybacking really quick. I think that, you know, you, you said, Tim, Leo like was diminished. I think, I think Leo is so diminished in all of the movies because they weren't ever interested in the same way that the X-Men movies weren't interested in having a Cyclops. They weren't interested in really having a leader that led a team. They just didn't care. They wanted the, the the turtles to each have their own little vignettes and lines and one-liners and little moments and whatever. But there's never a moment where you feel like he's actually leading the group and mm. trying to like get them in line because Leo is very similar to Cyclops as a character. He's, right. he's just he's he's. It's not that he's no fun. He's fun, but he just is the oldest. He's the one that is playing by the rules the most, and he's trying to be the compass to make sure that all the other guys who are very easily let off center by their just their characters, um, you know, he's trying to always bring him back together and be like, "We're here to do a job. We're here to we're doing we're doing something." No, no, stop fucking around. Like he's that guy. So like that leader type has always been one of my favorite archetypes I, for some reason. But Leo is just so my favorite. And it's so cool because in this one movie, we do get to see him lead a little bit. Um, but where we meet him is he's actually off in Central America. And we learn that he's been sent down there by Splinter to become a better leader. He's like, he was sent away. He was sent away from the group to improve himself. And I think that's just fascinating. I I love what they did with it. He basically became this like scary like superhero that like lurked around the jungle, kind of like we see Black Panther in the first yeah, Black yeah, Panther yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he's yeah, and he's just like a legend now. And they call him the ghost of the jungle. And uh yeah, like all these drug dealers and stuff, and they're they're doing all these bad things, and he is just literally sticking to the trees, sticking to the shadows, being a ninja in Central America, and and it's just this fascinating sequence. It's so fun to see him like that. And April finds herself down there on business, quote unquote, and she had heard about this going on, and she saw sort of thought maybe this was uh the AWOL Leo that's been gone for like um I think he's been gone for a couple of years. I think the deal is that he was supposed to be gone for one year and it's been a whole year after that. I believe that's what it is. So they were expecting him to be back a long time ago and now they don't know what happened to him. And so she's the one who finds him and they get a great little scene together. And she, you know, you know, says that everybody needs him and he's like, they don't need me. Everybody's, you know, he knows Raph's always up his ass and he just, you know, they, they butt heads constantly. Um, so he's like, Raph definitely doesn't want me around. And he's like, well, I'm sure Donatello's got it, you know? And, and then you, what you find out from her stories is that the turtles have split up. None of them are a team. They're not doing Ninja Turtle stuff. They're doing separate stuff. And, um, they're not okay. They're, they're really not okay. They actually do need him. And I think that that was just really great because as such a Leo fan, like it just, he, he never, ever gets focused. He never gets credit. They never do his character. Right. So I will say right now, 
that this is the only TMNT movie that got Leo right. Um, yeah. I think I think the yeah. other the other turtles have been depicted fairly well. I don't think they ever get Donatello right either. As much as I like Donatello in the first two movies, he's really just a second Mikey. He's just another funny guy. He's not really Donatello. Um, Raphael's great. They did him really well in all three movies. I think they did him pretty well. This is my favorite Raphael by far. And as much as I'm the Leo guy, as much as I love what they did with Leonardo in this movie, I think Raph is the best character in this movie. And, and that pains me to say it because this is the best that Leo has ever been. But right. I honestly think that Raph is amazing in this movie. But between oh, the two of them, they eat up so much screen time that Donnie and Michelangelo are both diminished. So they're in it and they do stuff and they have lines. They have more to do than Leo had to do in, in the third movie. That's for sure. Um, but they're definitely diminished. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like an 86 minute movie. You know, it's, you know, there's only so much screen time you get, yeah. but it really starts with Leo. And then Leo brings us to Raph. They end up butting heads and then it's Raph for the rest of the movie. And I don't want to get into all the stuff with this, but the bad guy is a made up thing. There's like 13 monsters. There's this, this I really immortal, like the bad guy. Concept. Yeah. Immortal yeah. general guy. Like, I mean, it, it couldn't be farther from the shredder. They do work in Karai and how, and show you that she is the head of the foot clan now that the shredder is dead. So you're like, what? Whoa, the shredder is dead. Like what? Yeah. Because this is actually supposed to be the fourth movie and you don't really know that until the very end when <clears throat> there's this scene and there's like a trophy wall and um you see all these things from all three movies so on the, on the shelves you see the shredder's helmet from the movies specifically the movie design yeah. you see um i don't th I, oh yeah the canister from the second movie and i think it's really cool uh, tim you you mentioned the tgri or tcri t tcri is from the comics tgri was the movie i don't know why they changed that one letter but in this they have the broken canister and the crack actually goes over the the letter so you can't tell if it's a c or a g it's like brilliant like they they literally did that so yeah. great could work either way and then they have a bunch of stuff from the third movie too the scepter is actually there on the on the, the bottom shelf by itself and there are the turtle samurai costumes are kind of around on like dummies so mm. i mean really really fun and it's like okay well you're supposed to believe that it's possible that it, it's all one continuity and and this is this is what happened the foot clan ended up getting run by karai and she's kind of hiring them out as mercenaries and uh it's it, it's really fun but i i really have to say the scene for me is when leo fights raf and it happens in the rain it happens on a, a rooftop at night it is a gorgeous scene it is such a good fight there's two very distinct stages to the fight i mean it is so good and they work through so much and you get you get to see so many aspects to both characters like you know Leo, you get to see him be the way better than Raphael, you know, at first, at first, like Raph cannot get in one single hit and, and Leo's not even look, doesn't even look like he's trying. Yeah. But then something shifts and Raph gets the upper hand and he does 
truly beat Leo on the merits. And I think the thing that really sets him off is when Leo finally shows some dickishness. He shows for the first time because they never allow Leo to do any of that. He's always the altruistic leader. Responsible. and, and Right. He is the pillar. And he, but he, he's kicking Raph's ass so bad. It's so pathetic. And he's being a jerk about it. He is being a jerk about it. Yeah. And then Raph's he. has been so cocky pride. Right. No. Usually it's always Raph being the jerk. And now Leo is kind of being the jerk. And it ends with Leo saying, you know, he's justifying why, because he's like, you're always on my case for, for being the leader. He's like, I never asked to be your leader. I never wanted to do this. And then he starts to, starts to be like, but you know what? And he says, I'm better than you. And that, that moment is so nuts because you, you've never heard Leo say anything like that. And it hits so hard to Raph. To, like that is the right. final indignance. He cannot deal with that. And so he rallies. And holy crap, it turns into a real fight. And the two of them are really struggling. And they are, you can tell, they are at the same skill level. It could go either way. They could fight every day and have a different person come out on top. Neither one of them is that much better than the other. And like, you know, it started out one way, but this is the real fight. And Raphael ends up winning the battle, but he does it in such a, like a freaking vile way by, he uses his size, which are the, the weapons are sword breakers. Yeah, it's That's sword what breaker. they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he actually gets Leo swords and he, he's, I mean, it, it hurts when it happens. It just hurts. And he twists and he breaks Leo's katanas, both of them. And Leo is like, there and the the fight is just done at that point, yeah. and neither one of them is willing to go further. And Leo is like shocked beyond all measure, but so is Raphael. And Raphael cannot in that moment. You see all his anger drain away, and he just cannot believe what he just did. And he ends up just running. Like clearly, this is. This is the point where Raphael has gone too far for himself. He can't even stand like to be around himself. He's like, cannot deal with what he just did. And, and then what happens a few seconds later is the foot clan was like kind of waiting and they capture Leonardo and they fall upon him. And not only is he tired, he doesn't have weapons. He's completely, you know, not defenseless, but and they they shoot him with a dart anyway, and he's he's truly defenseless. So Raph's yeah. running, and then he hears he hears him scream, and he runs back, and he's like, "Oh my God, Leo!" And he realizes he gets there too late. He does not save him, and he realizes every single thing that's going to happen now is is because of you. It's all it's all my fault. I am the asshole. I I did all of this to my brother, and um, it's just. The, the 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 level of the complexity of the relationship with Leo and Raph is so great because you know sometimes families have relationships like this some sometimes like we're you know we love we love this person but we're constantly butting heads with them or, or whatever like that's just yeah. such a relatable thing mm-hmm. and they truly you know I think Leo and Raph care about each other probably more than any of the turtles care about each other but they also like can't stand each other so, so much 
And it's just such a, such a great, a great emotional heart to the Ninja Turtles. And um, I, I think that the first movie also dealt with this, you know, obviously with the scene, you know, with Raph in the bathtub and then Leo's the only one who's waiting day in and day out. He hasn't left the bathroom. He's just sleeping on the chair because he won't leave him. And it had to be the one that was there when he was, you know, when he woke up and, you know, clearly, uh, you know, but I think I think TMNT does it better, and I think that that fight between them is by far the best Ninja Turtle fight of all time ever put to film, and uh, I think this movie is a freaking great movie. Um, Absolutely awesome yeah, performances. So You've got uh, oh Mitchell, my god, Mitchell Whitfield yeah. as Donatello. You may know him from uh, My Cousin Vinny or Friends. He played <clears throat> Barry. You know, uh, James Arnold Taylor. Who I uh, mean, come on. Does the voice Obi Wan on the Clone Wars pretty good, and uh, Nolan North. You know, so your your uh, de facto voice of animated Deadpool, you know, doing Raphael. Well, I, and I Nathan Drake, the, right? I mean, Nolan Nathan North Drake, is yep. Nathan Drake. I mean, okay. yeah, and and I think James Arnold Taylor and Nolan North are the best voices for these characters ever. My I, my show starts out with James so Arnold Taylor saying, "You're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Go 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 go!" And then goes right into Eight Bit Alchemy's theme song. So awesome! <laughs> nice. I didn't oh, know that. I didn't realize that was him. That's so funny. I, I've heard that, but I guess I I don't know. I didn't re- recognize the name, but yeah, it's like James Arnold Taylor is such a freaking pillar of the voice acting community. My God! Yeah, yeah. he's Patrick he's Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart's in it. Patrick Stewart, yes, he yeah, plays um, the the main new character who we think guy. he's the villain, and he really isn't even the villain. Sarah Michelle Gellar's April, you know. Yeah, like, Chris Evans is Casey Jones. Like, yeah. this, the voice acting, the voice cast is amazing. Mako, yeah. Mako's last role was this movie. Yes, and so Mako, who is also the voice of Uncle Iroh on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, so he died before this movie was finished. And even though he does have the sole credit for Splinter, um, this guy Greg Baldwin, who uh, took over for Uncle Iroh on a- Avatar, uh, does such a note perfect Mako impression that it's like impossible to tell them apart. It's pretty and solid. Yeah. It it turns out that Greg Baldwin actually did almost all of the splinter in this movie. Even though it's credited as Mako only, wow. uh it's it's actually mostly not Mako. It's mo- he died. It's mostly Greg Baldwin. Um but I love this I love this splinter. I I, I do too. have yeah. to say he is so cute. He is like the cutest damn design for Splinter ever. And he's just so funny. He like he th- I mean he they they work in like a lot of like yes, we don't question him. He is our master. He knows best. He he is this, you know, this this figure. And then he he gets goofy sometimes. He's like, okay, I'm going to watch my stories now. I think Craig's going right. to dump Jenny. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, like he's, right. he's watching right. soap operas. And then like, there's this one random moment where like, I think Leo and Raph are arguing again and Splinter just walks in the room and he's just like singing this little tune and, and they just stop because they don't want to argue in front of him. And he's like, and he's just like making himself a coffee or a tea or something and he's just in the background it's just like so great like oh my god yeah, yeah this this movie rules this is my yeah, second favorite figures are awesome i, I oh. agree it's it's my second favorite as well that's cool. I, I i remember um 
seeing screenshots of what the turtles were going to look like and i was i remember being really disappointed because i didn't like the way how they looked mm -hmm. yeah but when you see them in action like in the movie it, it just you forget about all that you yeah you yeah. learn to appreciate great. how they how they look and I don't know. I, I it's a fantastic movie. I I, I just love it so much. It's so yeah, cool. they do have like squished heads that I'm they not do. a fan of. Like I'm still yeah. not a fan of the way they look in that way. Yes. But I think right. I think uh I think Raphael looks the best. Yeah. I think they deliberately made him look the least squished. Yeah. <laughs> if you see the action figures, they look awesome in person. I, I, I got the whole series. Um I got the Night Watcher with the um with the motorcycle, all that, which nice. is an amazing piece. They had a Karai. I have all the generals, which were really hard to come by. You know, um, the only one I don't have is the shredder, which they made a shredder figure, but that splinter is like the best splinter action figure they've ever made. He's so great. His design He's is so awesome. good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we had, we had a guest on a show, uh, Michelle Ivy, who is legendary in the turtles community. And, and she had a uh, fan theory. So, so much that um, the battle between Raph and Leo was not a clear victory. It was something where Leonardo stopped and hesitated for some reason. And that's why Raph won. That was her take on it. You know, obviously mm -hmm. she's very close to this and all that. So but it was such an interesting thought. And I'm like, I, I can't even think why and she's like well why do you think he did this because you know at the beginning of the fight he doesn't know it's raf and then at the end he does and what's he holding back for because he knows he can win at this point and i'm like yeah, yeah that's interesting perspective like i don't know that it reads like that when you see it but it's a cool interpretation mm -hmm. and i really like that she had that head cannon where it's like oh this this is what it is because it does seem like Leo's really evolved as a person and raf kind of regressed and all that but um i mean it's just it's cool to watch and yeah. I think that, like, also, we, I don't know, didn't mention, um, like, the Raph Casey dynamic. <laughs> yeah. In this movie yeah, is which, really which great. Was not the first one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I, I think yeah. that Raph and Casey seem the most, like, legit buddies. And, like, Casey immediately knows that the Night Watcher is, is Raph. And he's like, oh, man, you could tell. He's like, yeah, dude, it wasn't that hard. You look like a giant metal turtle. Yeah, like, right. like he just right. sees through him, but like there's a really great relationship between the two of them that is that I think helps. I, there's just so much to love with TMNT. It's a very good movie. Absolutely. I have the soundtrack on CD. Nice. I think there's one song that's not just like a score, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and they they did they did want to make a sequel. That was like part of it because they left it open. Uh, there's a line Karai says where she hints at friends from the past coming back. And so uh, they're like, you don't mean. And so it's like, okay, so, you know, they, they did leave it open for like the return of the shredder. Um, so that would have been interesting because it begs the question, if you're really making this a sequel to the original three movies, is he the super shredder? Like, right. is he still he big like that? Is he a like, zombie? Right. You know, like what, what's up, you know? Right. So, right. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's very, very good movie. Highly recommend watching it. Um, Cooper, give us so your pick. We, we can skip the two Bay movies, so we'll, we'll do oh, that. Um, that is fine by me. So my <laughs> movie that I picked uh, was the uh, Mutant Mayhem, the most recent um, offering. It is currently available on Paramount Plus, if you have that. Yep. For 
Actually, all, all these all these movies cartoons are on paramount plus yep you can go check that out now they are not paying us to say that so fuck them you know but, <laughs> <laughs> but um this this is the first movie out of all of them that had the feeling like these are kids these are teenagers right. these yes. are not yeah. adults you know pretending to be kids and all that more so than like there's moments in each of them like the bay movie really starts out like that and they're like oh yeah they're kids and all that let's go play buck buck you know it's like all right whatever but it it just <laughs> falls off and then it's like all right you're clearly 30 year old men you know and then it's like <laughs> you know just like a weirdness but this one it's it's kids in their motivation is so simple and pure they want acceptance if you boil it all down they're they're kids that want to fit in and that is such a such a universal theme and you know they want to go to school and and just be normal and that's all they want to do mm -hmm. and every single thing in this film goes towards that one singular purpose and whether it's oh we want to fit in with april or we want to fit in with superfly you know uh, we want to fit in with the mutants and all that because they're like us so we want to you know get away from our father and be with the humans even though he hates the humans it's like all of it goes towards that central theme i think mm -hmm. it's just so well like dovetailed into each other and and things like the little the little pieces in it like they're watching uh ferris bueller you know <laughs> and all that and yeah. it's like this this is just so cool and so well done uh, the animation is gorgeous, but it's it's definitely a style choice. So it's this movie would not exist without Into the Spider Verse. You know, right? Yeah. There's there's no way because no one would have an appetite for it. And nope. um, and and the other piece it wouldn't exist without is if Invincible and like the boys weren't such a hit for uh, the production company for uh, Seth Rogen, we wouldn't have this either. Hmm. You know, and and we were all kind of speculating. Yeah, yeah, it's that that uh, him and uh, and Goldberg they did the uh, they did this, uh, and it's it's cool because they got legit teenagers to play the roles, and right. it's just it's a really fun watch. It's got that goofiness aspect to it. It's relatable, you know, and and it's a fun watch. Like there's there's actual peril in this where you're like, oh crap, that giant fly whale monster is going to ruin the city. And you kind of feel for it. You're like, oh, wow, there's like some actual stakes here. These characters could die. We got to kaiju up in this bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, though. I um, no. I, I would definitely say that, you know, as, as Steve was saying, how uh, the, the second movie was Donatello's movie. This is the least Donatello Donatello that you're going to find in any of the movies. Yeah. Like, this is like, right. okay, I don't know who that guy right. is, you know, but it's like, that's not it. But you, you get like glimpses of Raph glimpses of of mikey glimpses of donatello but it's like you know they're they're, they're close but but yeah it's, and, it's and with them feeling as much as teenagers as they are it's like yeah. what teenager is that put together where it's like oh you're the tech guy you're the this guy you're the whatever guy you know it's like if they're really leaning into that angle of it you know yeah. of discovery and like all that other stuff like they're not there yet you know, they're not mm -hmm. this these aren't these turtles aren't based on a previous like show or something. It's like yeah, they're totally just true. sort of they're just kind of figuring themselves out. So if it's like you're starting from square one here and and you know, as hard as it is to not come in with preconceived notions like this this is kind of like trying to be a, a new like like just about every turtles thing. It's trying to be a new like launch. Too, right? Like, oh, like okay, yeah. Rise of the Turtles, like they're kind of going after that crowd, which admittedly is none of our cup of tea so that's right. fine but it's like mm -hmm. your raf is kind of like that your leo's kind of like that maybe the mikey and the don but 
I mean, I just argue that it's like Donatello does not do anything with machines, nor does he fix right. them or build them or anything else like that. So it's like, right. okay, like he talks about how he likes a laptop and anime, and then he drives the, the van. That's pretty right. much just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He comes yeah. up with one like plan. A Mike, a Mikey 2.0, yeah. yeah. which is so often like the easy thing to do for, for yeah. Donnie. It is like yeah. more tech. Tech on Titan or tech. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing for this movie, like, I think it, it was too referential. Like it, to me was like, felt like approaching family guide levels of like a reference a minute. And I think that's just what's, what's, that's like what the style is. That's what the Vogue now, like that's how people are. Um, But yeah, to me, it just kind of was like, this feels weird. Like this, this whole thing is like, so like, they all they have like Netflix and anime and like all this stuff like so it just it made it Splinter so modern is like that it was texting like, them as they're out patrolling yep. like he's texting them yeah like, I mean that's I I that was, was right. that was a bit much for me I like the moments like uh, when they're playing no diggity and they're like fighting through all the the stuff I like like I like that when they like figure out that they can fight and you know the awkwardness that they have around April and 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 like the interactions it's the human moments of this film that really make it for me so it's like when you strip everything else down and it's like okay these guys could be anybody else but you know it just happens that they're mutated teenagers that practice you know martial arts and all that but they still have to be careful for their dad and not get in trouble and they still have to do this other stuff so it's like yeah. no matter what it's like okay we're gonna build it around this and and mm-hmm. i think yeah. it was a successful job because i mean it's definitely better than the third one if you ask me so i i um i really enjoy it i think it's i think it's really good and the the coolest thing for me was going to see this in the theater with my kids and looking over and seeing there's like two different sets of kids who were dressed up like Ninja Turtles with the weapons, with the action figures, yelling cowabunga <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, this is, this is just the greatest thing ever. Like, man, we have different right. kids. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> the, staying, the staying power of the turtles is insane. And yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. I, I think, you know, to me, the similar thing for my fandoms is like Pokemon and how Pokemon still yeah. like blows kids mind even today. And it's, it's like, not going man, <laughs> you, you know, you you would never be able to, to predict that kind of thing um, with either of right. those when they were first coming out. It's like, oh, you know, this is just the thing of the minute. It's the thing of the moment. You know, it's relevant now. It's like, no, it is relevant for like every subsequent generation from now till forever. <laughs> like there just <laughs> always is a version of it for new, you know, new nerds, new fans to to find and to get right. into. And it's like, wow, that's yeah. that's cool as shit. Like and I can recognize I'm like, you know like this isn't the turtles that's meant for me this is the Mm -hmm. turtles that's meant for people who are 25 years younger than me and Mm -hmm. that's okay like that's doing it for them they love this shit and it's Mm -hmm. making them into it and and probably i mean hopefully we'll get them to want to also experience other flavors of the turtles just like we have absolutely done ourselves so it's like yeah. it's just all awesome and it you know as much as it's like hey maybe every iteration isn't for all of you it's mm-hmm. just like it's great that it's still working for the people that it is targeting and mm-hmm. it's like you know that's yeah. that's so much respect for another thing too that i enjoyed seeing like on social media is people in our age group who grew up with the original show and still prefer the original show. Enjoy the show. Like what Cooper said, you know, you know, he watched the show with his kids and enjoyed it. Like a lot of my friends brought their kids to see this movie and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think that is so awesome. That really gave me hope that 
hey, maybe maybe I'll like this movie. I mean, I don't have kids of my own, but I, and I do think this movie looks really odd and it didn't visually appeal to me, but hopefully it'd be good. Uh, you know, I gave it, I wanted to give it a chance. Like I gave T, TMNT a chance and yeah. just hoping that I would love it. And I just didn't, I didn't mm. enjoy it <clears throat> at all. But um, and that, and that that's okay. And like, yeah, like right. what, what Tim said, it's not right. Not for me. It's totally fine. Right. I'm, no, I'm exactly. glad. I'm glad people enjoyed it. And uh, I really liked the um, like the the after credit scene where they they hint that the shredder is going to be in it. Mm. Like, like if they're going to come up with a sequel, shredder's going to be the villain. And mm. I will absolutely watch that. Yeah, that's the case. No, I'm like, no, I'm kind of like interested in where they're going to take it. And, and we get uh, a series too. After the sequel, we'll get a series. Yeah, I, right. I, I, right. I, I hope it's them in high school. I genuinely hope it's them in high school. It probably yeah. will be. You know, it'll <laughs> yeah. probably be very much like the high school during the day fighting crime by night, you know, kind of, right. yeah, however and they want to split that up. And not be tired at all. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> fighting crime, doing awake yeah. at all. Uh, but I think also what's neat is that the you know the movie had all of those mighty mutanimals in it like they I mean even though they have a huge role it's like god damn they put everybody in here I did like like, that I like that a lot actually you 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 gotta give it credit for for being like okay you know what you know maybe I don't like the versions of these characters that they did but they still introduced them at this level that now it's like okay sure they'll be in the show it'll kind of keep things alive for these you know the expanded turtle verse and they're not throwing away characters to try and make a whole shitload of new ones necessarily I'm sure they will they already did with Superfly was new Right, it was there wasn't anything else before, but you know they're also like, "Hey, we have so many characters that were just a figure or a one shot or whatever, and let's yeah. let's bring them in. Let's let's bring them along for the ride, and and then we'll you know see what what they get up to along the way." And I think right. you know that's pretty awesome too. And everything was so relevant. You think about like the choices of actors and actresses, right? Like they got Nadia from uh, What We Do in the Shadows to play Wingnut. You know, yeah, and, so and wild. Paul Rudd to play um, uh, Mondo Gecko and Seth Rogen, John Cena, Ice Cube, who to me was was the absolute best of all the voice actors. I thought he was awesome. He he did a very good job, Superfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did like Jackie Chan as as Splinter, so <laughs> I thought that was really funny. They did <laughs> nuke you, did they? <laughs> it's wild that yeah. Jackie Chan was was Splinter. It's like that needed to happen at some point. Like, yeah, that's just cool. Right, absolutely, yeah. That's that's really cool. I mean, uh, again, you no know, giving credit where credits do. Um, you know, like what was mentioned earlier is that you know they're they're more like kids. They're like actual like young teenagers as opposed to like adult teenagers or whatever. But also like the the art direction. You know, I give them credit. You know, it's not for me. I don't never kid for that style. Um, that's one of the things I didn't like about the Spider Verse movie. Is I just could not get past that art style. It's just I just don't like it. Um, but they're trying to do something different visually, mm-hmm. and I, I I appreciate that. I think that's you know a brave thing to do, um, and it, it seemed to work for a lot of people. I think that's really yeah. cool. 
Yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, to you it's the same. And to me, I think Spider-Verse is like gorgeous. And I thought this was like hideous. So yeah, it's definitely inspired by it, but like it, it feels like they, they like went a little bit overboard with the brushstrokes everywhere. And like uh, beyond that, like the, the thing that I was reminded of watching this is, uh, that movie Coraline. Well, uh, it's oh, like, yeah, like the like, yeah, yeah, the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. the, the humans other than Coraline are all the ugliest things you've ever seen in your life. And that's <laughs> seemingly what they were going for with mutant mayhem. The turtles are fine. April is yep. fine. Everybody else, especially every other human, is literally how grotesquely hideous can we make this person? <laughs> like there are people who like, th- like the the one lady who's like Cynthia Utram. Her neck is like corpse grinder neck, and like, <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. I mean, like, like yeah, they, it just looks it, so I mean, they, wide. It's like wow, and like off off kilter, you, and like yeah, like, you can't. I'm not saying it comes out. I'm not saying right. it's an insult. Like they definitely made everything hideous. They right. I mean, they definitely did. I mean, look at Rocksteady and and Ray Filet and Wingnut and all these characters. It's like they were not trying to make anything look quote unquote cool. They just wanted everything to look hideous, I guess. Like I and I would describe this as like nineties gross out, you know? It's like super how gross. Nineties yeah. was vogue for being gross. Right. It's the like, ugliest sort of we can possibly like do it. Yeah. Except yeah. for the turtles. They're like, okay, well, our heroes, we can't do that. We, you know, nobody's nobody wants the turtles to be that hideous. We'll make yeah. them kind of fine. And like, okay, so it's it's a choice. You didn't not know what you were doing. You knew exactly what you were doing. You wanted it to look like that. I don't know why, but it's, it's I, also I, a Nickelodeon property too at this point too. So it's like if you look at the animation they've had in the past ten years, there's a lot of gross out stuff in it. Oh yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. like this has that Coraline quality where like people are like like their their one side of their face will be like vastly different. They'll be so asymmetrical in a in a grotesque way, and yeah, like it's it's very like you know different than the even the the Nickelodeon Ninja, the first Nickelodeon Ninja Turtle cartoon show that they did and, yeah. and stuff like this, this was like, it's felt like it was the point and I'm not sure oh, why wow. wanted to do that, point. but <laughs> yeah, like l- let's make this as, as hideous as we can possibly make it. Yeah. I don't understand why, but the, the painterly style of it, even though I also didn't love it, that's different. You could have done like, that's, that's why I say like, you can have spider verse and have, perfectly good looking models that look all the characters look great and and still have that wrapper of oh everything looks like it's hand painted or something yeah um so i think there's like two things going on here with this as far as the the look of it that i uh i i would have been okay with the brushstroke stuff if if everything wasn't so damn ugly (laughs) the turtles looked okay they looked fine i i I don't know whatever they looked fine i didn't love them but they looked okay Right, right. Cool. But honestly, like we said with TMNT, like I don't I don't love the squashed heads of those guys. And their hands yeah. are a little big. You I know, love it's like, caps. Yeah, it's like really, if you look yeah. at how big the legs and the caps are on that, they're like some severely like like a huge like Popeye looking legs. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Popeye hands and feet, like yeah. for sure on TMNT. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, awesome guys. This is uh this turned out to be a really really fun episode. And uh, I, I just wanna, you know, thank Justin Cooper for being on and I wanna wish you the best of luck on season six of Retro Octopus. Yeah. Um so I am really looking forward to what direction you guys plan on going. And uh, so best of luck to that. So with that out of the way, Thanks, now man. it's oh, yeah, no problem, dude. Now it's almost time to catch that horizon, but before we say goodbye, let's go to this. The little critters of nature, they don't know that they're ugly. Nature is sugar, nature is spice, nature is filled with maggots and lice. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Smell a fresh dropping and cover your tracks. It's time for uncomfortable nature facts. All right, Retroids, hello there. It's 8-Bit Alchemy here with this week's episode of Uncomfortable Nature Facts. Yes. Uh, we have an uncomfortable <laughs> nature fact for you, and it pertains to the the turtles. The turtles in real life. Not the Ninja Turtles, but turtles as they be in the wild, in the open air. Um and uh and so this fact actually was was mentioned by my wife the other day and so i double checked and looked into it and sure as shit I, it's uncomfortable so i'm gonna share it with you uh so i i found some information uh from a website called reconnectwithnature.org and i'm not sure i wanted to connect this much with nature but here we are uh so as it pertains to turtles, in the cold of winter, turtles enter a state of brumation. Brumation is essentially the same as hibernation, but reptiles brumate while mammals hibernate, just because we need different words for the same shit. Thanks, science. Uh, during brumation, turtles don't require much oxygen, but what they need, they can't get by breathing like they do in the warmer parts of the year, according to the McGill University Office of Science and Society. Uh, instead, they use another form of respiration, which is kind of like breathing through their butts. The technical term for this butt breathing is cloacal respiration. Butt breathers. Butt breathers. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who remember our intro from way back when, uh, this has been building to this all to this our original promo we sent our out to everybody else. promo uh we mentioned <laughs> butt breathers so i always thought you guys said pod breathers no <laughs> pod breathers no we were just saying <laughs> phrases that made no goddamn sense yeah. um but you know should be should be been so the technical term for this butt breathing is cloacal respiration and it is not quite like the breathing that we do or even like what turtles do when they're above water uh through cloacal respiration, turtles get oxygen from the water by moving the water over their body surfaces covered in blood vessels. Turtles have a cloaca, which essentially is their butt, that has a lot of blood vessels in it. So the most efficient way to get oxygen is through their cloaca, hence the term cloacal respiration. Turtles are not the only butt breathers in the animal kingdom. <laughs> it's fairly common oh, among reptiles and amphibians. Uh... But other well-known butt breathers also include frogs and salamanders. So, yeah, turtles, when they're brumating or hibernating, are getting oxygen that they need through the blood vessels in their butthole. They're breathing through their butt. And <laughs> in case I haven't said it. 
If that's not clear to you, <laughs> you missed this week's uncomfortable nature fact. Oh boy! <laughs> when's when's the when's the part where we get to talk about turtle dicks? <laughs> turtle dicks. I felt like butt breathing was uncomfortable enough. I didn't want to talk about turtle dicks, but. You know, we can save that for the next Ninja Turtle episode that we inevitably do. Well, that that whole episode's going to be about turtle dicks. There you go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. that, that that's that's all that's all nice. I will scar you with. Nice. nice, sounds good. Thank you so much for all that uncomfortableness <laughs> yes. of breathing out of your butt or through your butt or whatever. All right, that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter slash X, whatever they decide to call it next week. I don't know. Um, as well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retro Octopus is still a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers with Sir Justin Cooper. Oh, thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. You're very welcome. Throwdown Thursday, Let's Not, Splash Pages, Comic Paradox, and so many more. Like, there's like th- this list is like Jimungus. It is super huge. I'm it's as long as a turtle dick. Ask, it's a turtle. Maybe, maybe, maybe turtle even dick. longer than that. Maybe even longer. Turtle dick. <laughs> For more information or to subscribe to, to any of these great shows, please visit thedorkney.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. And for the last time, I have been your host, Nintendo. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for everything. And have a wonderful day, night, evening, whatever. Be safe. Bye. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com. All right, man. Good job. That was cool. Wait, that bring was it cool. On. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's probably about 15 minutes shorter than that, but obviously a very long episode. So Yeah, sure. yeah it's like yeah. a Beck uh, jam in the middle there. You know, it's like right, right. bottles and cans, man. That's yeah. right, right.